It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is your Commander-in-Chief. Uh, I'm issuing a warning. The following podcast contains adult content and intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I am solo today. Uh, actually, I'm not solo. I'm, I'm with uh, DJ Shrope, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I'm, I'm solo as far as T-Rex has a gig in Vegas. He told me that yesterday. Um, however, I'm solo for now, but Luke Barnott's coming in in 15 minutes, and then Marina's coming in in uh, 45 minutes. We've got Colby Covington, who's 2-0. and Might be the best prospect no one's ever heard of. I mean, some people, hardcore fans have heard of, people like me, but his two fights have been on Fight Pass so far. One in Australia, one in China. But the guy's 7-0, two-time All-American, uh, John Jones' roommate in college, and uh, he, uh, I think he's the next big thing, to be honest. And he's got 700 followers on Twitter, which I always like guys that, that, that get guys beforehand. You know, and then when they were too big for me, they just you know, go on other podcasts. But anyway, so uh, and the reason that I, I, I have a lisp, obviously, but today I have a really bad lisp because uh, my tooth is gone. Uh, what happened was I was in Oklahoma. I've been having that. I told you guys before, I've been listening to the podcast. I've had a flipper in for, I don't know, a year now. I'm getting my tooth drilled in next week. I got hit by a car when I was in third grade. My tooth fell out. Um, my tooth went through my lip, actually. I couldn't walk. I was in the hospital. I almost died. Um, but, and then I got into a, a fist fight in an elevator a couple months ago, a couple, about seven months ago. Another fight before that. And I'm not advocating fighting. One, I was attacked both times. Um, but both punches loosened my tooth. So, so I got my tooth pulled. Anyway, I was in uh, Oklahoma last week on, I think it was Thursday, and I was talking to DJ Shrope because I noticed that the text from last fight they put up on Facebook two weeks ago got 6,000 shares. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. How great is that? I mean, 6,000 people are sharing your work. Amazing. Then the week, then the week later, it got... 50 shares. I'm like, what happened to the 5,900? Anyway, so I called DJ. What happened was they didn't put the link up. You would think the link should go up. Anyway, it was a mistake, but I was so occupied with that. It's not his fault. It's my own fucking fault. Okay, I was at Gerald Harris's boxing gym. <laughs> I was in Oklahoma. Gerald Harris was, my, uh, was on the show, too. I did a, a, one of his shows, and I was, I was taking his boxing class, and I took my tooth out, and I put it next to my jacket. I picked up my jacket, and then I... It, it, it went flying somewhere. My tooth went flying somewhere. But I was occupied with the whole Facebook thing, which is why I called DJ. I wasn't thinking about my tooth. It wasn't DJ's fault. It would be kind of funny if I blamed yeah. DJ for that. It, it was a staff member who is, who is, for the first time, was posted on Facebook. And we were like, okay, this is how you're going to do it. This is what I want you to do. Okay, great, boss. Thanks. And then he does it, and honestly, I didn't. I didn't look. I'm like, oh, look, it's got a couple thousand, sh- a couple thousand likes already. This yeah. is great. And then when you called me, I'm like, 
shit. Yeah, the I'm link wasn't up. And there's no link. And there's then just when a you picture guys, of the text. That's a picture of the text. That's what I'm talking about. I'm sorry about not being completely. But you know what? But they. But then, then you're like, oh, I'll, I'll change it. Then he put a link under it. You should have took the whole thing down and then re put re nah, it. You don't want to do that. In 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 Facebook, you lose all the momentum. Okay. You know oh, well. I mean? So it's like it's better to update. Like so. Um, if you if you already have something right, so you if you like something or you've commented on something, the best thing to do is then edit it, put the link in there, because then everybody who's commented or liked yeah. gets a notification. I know, but it, I, it was a it was sort of like a lost cause at that point. Anyway, so I was kind of in a bad mood. I wasn't a bad mood. I was just like whatever. Lo and behold, I didn't have a tooth. Right, my tooth was is missing. It's, it's it's in Oklahoma somewhere. I don't know where it is. I called my dad. He's like, "Don't worry, man. You're in Tulsa. You'll fit in just like the rest of them." He's like, "He's like they'll love you." He's like, "You know, hey, if you're gonna have a tooth missing, be in Tulsa," which is what I actually told the crowd. It got a big laugh, DJ. I was I was pretty excited <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, so I didn't have a tooth for like four days. So it's hard to win stand up comedy with no tooth. Uh, but I, I, you know, look, our hero prevailed. That's me. Uh, the shows were great. Had a great time in Tulsa. I actually, so I meet this girl, right? She invites me back to her place. And, uh, I didn't tell her I didn't have a tooth. <laughs> so kind of just kind of kept the whole time. Stuff. I'm like, hey, can I get a drink? I'm, I'm like, basically, I'm, um, I'm, I have like the bottle above me. I'm like, I'm not smiling on purpose. I, I said like three word answers every time. It was the funniest thing, but it actually worked. I actually ended up scoring. Okay, and hooking up or whatever, uh, being intimate. And I'm like, wow, maybe if I don't talk all the time, I think I was better off not talking. I right. think me talking has ruined. So many of my... Uh, uh, we've, we've, we've talked about this. Cock-blocking yourself. Oh, I cock-block myself all the time. Well, in this case, I, I didn't even talk at all. And um, it was funny, though. It was basically... It was like a Seinfeld episode where like George or someone loses a tooth. So I'm, I'm constantly blocking my mouth with like bottles and this and that. And it was ridiculous. It was, it was ridiculous. It was very funny, though. But I don't even think she even knew I didn't have a tooth. Until uh, she kissed you. Even... Well, the way we kissed, I sort of had like my very open mouth kissing where like... I, I must have went across as like the worst kisser of all time. <laughs> I was like, I, my mouth was completely wide open, like jamming my tongue down her throat. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely She's ridiculous. She's probably thinking her his kisses were so soft they weren't even they didn't even use any teeth. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, it was ridiculous. It was fucking ridiculous. So that was uh, that was my weekend. Uh, I had a couple of week, weeks off of uh, wrestling practice, which has been – it's like in between first and second second session. I had a funny story about wrestling. So there was this kid, Justin, that uh, I used to coach a couple years ago, and he was like the biggest wise guy ever. He was like Eddie Murphy if he was like 10 years old. Constant wise guy, really funny, great athlete, just a real wise guy, you know? And I used to take him to practice sometimes and because um, his, his parents worked. And I, I would drive to his house 8 o'clock in the morning, pick him up for practice. And um, a couple times, he wouldn't open a door. He, and then I'd call up. Be, oh, mom would be like, oh, sorry, he was sleeping. But I would see through his window him looking. And so I, one day I was like, you know what? Fuck this. this, this uh, I walked in his house, <laughs> went upstairs, and go, get out. We're going to practice. He's like, dude, I can't believe you, coach. You can't do that. I go, yep, let's go. And then I took him to practice. I like, and his mom thanked me. See, he didn't have a father figure. Father was, the, you know, some kind of issue with the father. And um, it was really funny. But this kid was funny. Like, this kid, he was a little black kid. He was uh, – one time, so we we like would sprint to practice, and he beat me in a sprint. And there's nothing worse than getting beat by like an 11 year old in a sprint when you're like 30, 33. 30. I was like, 
and he, and he would like just he would you know ah I beat the coach. This kid was fast as hell. I'm not. I've never been fast. But it's, but I'm like you know what we're doing a three mile race. Fuck that because I knew he couldn't do three miles. When you're 11, you do a mile, you right. do two miles. You don't do so. We start doing three miles the track after after practice, and he gives up after the first mile. He's like you know screw this. But then I'm like. I want to give up too. I'm tired. I'm like, but I'm like, I can't give up because if I give up, I'm just showing that like quitting's okay. So I do the three miles while he's waiting on top of my car, laughing at me. And then at the end, he's like, "Ha ha! I made you run three miles," taunting me the entire time. <laughs> little little fucker, man. Oh god. So he turned it around on you. Yeah, he totally turned it around. I thought I was like doing this great, you know, moral clause, but man, that kid was that kid was funny. He was a funny kid. Smart kid, too. I did a joke about how uh, one time I was driving him to practice, and there was a – this is like a terrible joke, but I was driving practice, and there was, a, there was a billboard about a girl who had leukemia. And it said, Anna versus leukemia. And he goes, Coach, I got 10 bucks on leukemia, oh. which is like an awful. And I'm like, that's not funny, Justin. But I'm like, it okay. wasn't funny, but oh, damn, it was pretty damn pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I, was pretty like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, how the hell do you think of that at 11? You got to have a sick sense of humor. This kid yeah. would fail every class, but would have the funniest jokes I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it was one of those things where it was just teachers were not getting to him or somebody wasn't getting to him because he was he – was, a brilliant kid in that regard. I almost want to take him to a comedy club. He just needed motivation. He needed motivation. And now he's not wrestling. His grades, blah, blah, blah. Hasn't wrestled in high school. I've been following up on him. It's just like, ah, uh, kid could have been so good. So good. Uh, so let's talk about the fights uh, last week. So um, you know what? Friday and Saturday, I, I, was, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed both the fights. I, um, I, I enjoyed UFC Australia and UFC Fight Night. Oh, we'll talk about the rock hole Bisbing. I actually, you know what? I, I kind of felt bad for Bisbing. I did. You know, he's one of those guys that like is a really good at being the heel. He's he's, but you could tell he's a nice guy. You know, his uh, even when he was coming at me on Twitter saying I wasn't funny and this and that, I knew he was doing it with like what you can't roast a roaster because his wife was always following me on Twitter and I'd always invite his wife to him to the show. And he's like, oh, Michael says thank you, this and that. You could tell everyone that trained with him know, says he's a real nice guy. Nobody said anything bad about Bisping. Um, I think he's uh, he's he's a, a star. Bisping, you know, he has that that X factor. People want to watch him, right? And you know, I kind of feel bad for the guy because all the guys he's fought and lost to have been taking performance enhancing drugs, and and um, you know, even him with that headbutt, he says he couldn't remember anything after the headbutt. I don't know if he was beating Luke Rockhold anyway. I think Luke Rockhold's just a younger. Less wear and tear, uh, better fighter at right now. You know, I think. Um, Luke, I think he realized when he was fighting Luke, he goes, "Holy shit, this guy's a monster." And, and Luke didn't respect him. Luke had his hands down, yeah. was walking through his punches, and uh, you know, I don't know. I, Luke does Luke Rockhold get past Jacare? I don't know because both those guys are better than they were in Strike Force, and they were great in Strike Force. What a great you know? fight! Yeah, and Jacare. I mean, Jacare. I don't know what type of uh, workout he's been doing, but he's on a whole different level of, he's just huge. I mean, Jacare is a different body. He's been a, a monster. I mean, a monster. I would love, those two guys, I think, create a much bigger problem for Weidman than Vitor Belfort does, and than yeah. anybody else. I think that, um, I think Jacare creates the biggest problem for uh, Chris Weidman. I think Weidman gets past Rock Hulk quicker than Jacare. 
Uh, speaking of Luke, Luke Barnard is here. So uh, we're going to get him right now, and then we'll come right back. All right, so we got the big slow. Luke Barnard just showed up in L.A., how are you, man? Oh, I'm good, man. Filling the LA vibe, wearing my sunglasses inside, you know, looking like a bit of an idiot, but it's uh, it's all good. You fit in well, <laughs> and you're here with your beautiful fiance is with us right now. We can't see her, but trust me, when I say she's a ten, she's a ten. She's uh, you did very well for yourself, you know. I I, I thought you were lying and that she was going to look, look like Kelvin Gastelum, <laughs> but uh, no, good work, man. Good work. You know, I hear that every time I post a picture of me and Lucy together, I always have someone on Twitter remind me that I'm bang above the average. So uh, <laughs> you're not the only one. I, I hear it all the time. Well, that's you know that's usually me that p- p- puts that. But yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, now we were covering the fights last week. Uh, Rockhold versus Bisbing. I know Bisbing is a fellow countryman of yours. What was your thought on the fight? What's your thought on Bisbing in general? I mean, you know, Bisbing's been around forever. Um, had some amazing fights, and now of late, he started struggling a little bit, uh, coming to the, the end of his career, and. He is very passionate and still feels in himself that he can go far. And, you know, I got a lot of respect for Bisbean and we're good friends. And it was a hard, hard fight to watch. Rockhold's obviously the younger guy who's on the way up. And you could just see that he was a bit more dynamic in the fight. Um, do you think the headbutt had something to do with it? I mean, as, as a fighter, I mean, I've been headbutted and it was quite early on. It didn't look too dramatic, but it can throw you off. But How does someone headbutt you? Do they jump yeah, off yeah. the top of the cage or something? Just when we're on the ground, they have to. I <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, uh, it was an interesting fight. I mean, Luke looked great. Um, the finish was great impressive to even to submit I think it's the first time Bisbean's ever been submitted and I've grappled with that guy and he's hard to submit so. really yeah it was uh, really really impressive from Luke but you know Mike's Mike's been in the sport now I think he's been in the UFC maybe 8 years made a ton of money for for a guy from England he's done amazingly well and he's really put it on the map for us guys so you know I think maybe maybe it's time for him to just look for the big fights and and you know, rather than the big social fights, rather than trying to look for a world title, maybe he he could get a fight with Anderson Silva. Maybe if you know something doesn't happen with Diaz, some exciting fan favorite fights. I think that's where his career is going. Yeah, no, he he said like at the end of the fight, I'm going nowhere, and I'm like, oh no, I had to write a joke about that. I'm like, it's never a good sign when the guy says I'm going nowhere after the fight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I like Bisping. I was saying before, there's nothing about him that like he's a heel in some ways, but it, like you know, he's very tongue in cheek. Like you know he's he's doing it for a show. You can you know that even when he's talking smack about his opponent, he's doing it to sell the fight. And uh, you know I have a lot of respect for Bisping. I, I feel I, like I said before, I feel kind of unfortunate that a lot of his fighters that he's fought have been tested positive for drugs. And you know like wonder how 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 would he have done against a TRT less Chael or uh, Vanderlei? I don't know if Vanderlei was on anything, but it seems like maybe he was back then. Or how how would he have done against? you know Vitor if Vitor wasn't on the stuff you know and that I'm sure that's got to bother him as well yeah I mean he brings it up a lot and I think that's a it's a big deal for him and it's like every time he gets that last opponent and he loses it that's the guy who gets busted for for doing something so he uh he struggled with that his career and it's 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 hurt him I think and it's going to haunt him but you know that's the sport unfortunately at the moment where everyone's getting popped and I got I got a good story about Mike because like you said a lot of people he gets a lot of negative press people don't like him because he talks trash and he can be quite rude to his opponents 
but um, he's one of the nicest guys I've met in the sport and I could tell why because the first time I was in LA before um, after I was on the Ultimate Fighter but it was like airing and I was over here with John McGuire one of my teammates and I tweeted Bisbean I'd, I'd met him a few times but nothing you know back in England and I tweeted him saying I'm in LA would love to train with you you know hit, hit us up or whatever just a tweet he followed us dm me saying where are you he drove 40 minutes to come pick me up drove back to the gym uh, i can't remember where it was at the time which did like a two-hour session then he said oh where are you guys staying so oh, we're going to find some sort of hotel he said no fuck that we're going back to my uh, he came back to the house he cooked us dinner like really really looked after us and he was like you know i know what it was like starting out and paying for hotel rooms and gas and all this stuff it, you know you don't need to do it so you know, I, I'd met him maybe twice as like a fan, you know, and said hello. He didn't know me, so wow, you know, really, really good guy. Yeah, that's that's a, a great story. That's crazy. Now you you've had a lot of funny stories. Uh, you told me that funny story we were hanging out the other night with Hector Lombard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> will you please tell that story? Because that was one of the funniest things I ever heard. Well, I don't know if I'll do it justice calling <laughs> that, but uh, it was in Sweden back when the uh, the UFC uh, was debuting in Sweden, and I think Alex was the main event, and Hector was over there with the, the American Top Team guys and there's a gym back home in England some of the guys fly over there and they train with American top team so they were like all hanging out and we went out uh, in Sweden and I remember just thinking this guy was crazy like I knew who he was but I didn't really know and we were chatting away and he's like he's Cuban I think or something yeah. I can't remember exactly Cuban and like Hispanic and speaks really fast and you don't really understand him and he's like really cool one moment really aggressive the next moment <laughs> and I remember us queuing up uh, to get into this bar or club and I was just like, he had like a shiny watch on. I was like staring at his watch, looking at it. And he goes, man, you're looking at my watch? I was like, I was like oh, yeah, it's a nice watch. He goes, you going to steal my watch? I was like, <laughs> what are you on about? Like, we're going crazy. I don't know And he lifts me up like single leg, picks me up above his head, and, like <laughs> pretends to like slam me on the ground and then catches me just before I hit the floor. And I'm like, I'm like, well, well, I'd never met this guy before in my life. And he's lifting me up and throwing me around. And he was... <laughs> He's just mental, uh, but, but a good time. But a good time. That's, that's really funny, though. That's hilarious. Yeah. He just picks you up and throws. Uh, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm a big dude, like six foot six. And I was like, we're in a line to get to a club. <laughs> like, the bouncer's looking over, and I'm like up here. It was, it was messed up. Your friend Tom was telling me that like, uh, when he met Johnny Hendricks, Tom's like your your one of your he's your manager, right? Yeah, yeah, my agent. Yeah. One of the nicest guys I bet. He said he when he met Hendrix, he was like he's like Hendrix was was like drinking a little bit, and he goes, "Man, right now I own 15 acres, but one day I want to own 200 acres of land, and then I'll stop fighting." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like his whole goal is to own more land, <laughs> like, just to get bigger farmland. And he, he, I remember Johnny telling me a story as well. We were at dinner, and he he like stood up and he had a toothpick in his mouth, and he had these cowboy boots on. And he's really proud of him. I don't know what, but he's got these boots on, these big leather boots on. And he's like, you know, I like to tuck my jeans on the inside of my cowboy boots and leave them hanging on the outside. That's my style. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to me, but it must mean something about where he's from. I don't know. But he, he was cool. He was cool. No, no, he, that was, that was, this guy, he's hilarious. Some of the guys that you, um, I, I was looking at some of the guys, I was watching some of your fights uh, last night, actually, um, and we'll go back to some of these fights, but you, um, one of your fights, I guess you had a broken jaw, and you finished the fight? Yeah. What yeah. fight was that? That was my my first amateur fight, my first ever fight, like, uh, I've been, I was like, well, still am, I suppose, but like a posh city kid that uh, started MMA because... You know, I thought it was tough. And uh, I, I trained with my friend Jack Mason, who we had on the pod with me last time. And uh, I trained for six months with him. Then they chucked me into this fight. And I fought this guy named Alan Packman. And he uh, he 
beat the crap out of me on the feet. Like I had no, I had my hands were down by my chest, my chin was in the air, and I got smacked around uh, for the first round. And I, I thought I broke my jaw, and I went back to the corner, and my coach Robbie, um, I said, I think I broke my jaw, and he was like, he open your mouth. No, 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 you're fine. You just cracked a couple of teeth. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> we went back into the fight. I won by a knockout or TKO in the second round. I came over to Robbie. You know, I give him a hug and he goes, right, time to go to the hospital. You've got a broken jaw. Like, wow. He knew in between rounds. <laughs> Your corner lied to you. And lied to me, yeah. And wow. It, it worked out well because I, uh, I think if I'd have lost that fight because of a broken jaw, it might have stunted my growth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, and then um, I, I had all this stuff. Like, I, I hung out with you in Vegas. You were like the nicest guy ever. And uh, it's so funny because you're like one of these guys that like uh, – uh, that like you know you, like you said that you know, like there was all these tough guys at like the bar and I mean literally we're in Vegas hanging out and all these guys with their shirts off and they're roided out of their minds and you're wearing like a, a three piece suit or something and um and like you say to me you're like man I've never been in a, a street fight in my life I'm I'm the most passive guy and I'm thinking like. But I, I look at you, I'm like, you know that you could take any one of these guys here. You're like, yeah, but I just, that's not my style. And just, you're like, the most nicest. I was like, dude, this is not the kind of guy. You think of like UFC fighter. You don't think guy with a three-piece suit from England who just who looks like you're a guy that like the local librarian. You know, <laughs> which, which I give you a lot of credit for that, Ben. You know. Uh, clean cut. I like to look clean cut. Very then, clean um, cut. You know, now, now, you, you were, well. now, now, you had uh, invested all your money into a business, right? And what business was it? Uh, it was a clothing, clothing store, basically. I had uh, a chain of clothing stores back home. Me and a, a business partner, a friend, Paul. It's like I came out of – I was doing odd jobs and then had this opportunity, got a loan from the bank. Uh, you know, love fashion, love clothes. So I thought I'd, I'd get into it with my friend, Paul. And the, like – yeah, we did it. The banks collapsed and we had the big recession started and all that sort of stuff. So it, it was a tough time for me investing all that sort of cash. Really, really exciting. I was real, real young um, and it uh, didn't work out too well. Now, this is uh, Marina Shafir, by the way. Okay. This is uh, Luke Barnott. Hey. What's happening? Marina is a, uh, a pro fighter. She's, uh, she's a, a judo black belt, a secondary black belt in judo. She, she, she trains over with Jake Ellenberger at Jake's gym, also Ronda Rousey. She, okay, yeah, she, yeah. She, uh, she lives at Ronda. Okay. Uh, and she's also on the podcast. Okay, cool. This is Luke Barnott. I don't know if you know nice Luke. Meet you. He was on the Marina. Ultimate Fighter. Sorry, he's, he's, I'm a mess. <laughs> Luke is eight and one, right? Nine and zero. Oh. Yeah. yeah, nine and zero. Oh. He should be nine and zero. Oh. What it, happened? Did you take your tooth out? No, it, it fell out in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Oklahoma. My uh, my tooth fell out. I have had no tooth for like, the last oh. week. Yeah, you could have just made up a story like I was sparring this morning. Well, it happened. When I got into a, I got into a fight in my elevator. That's how it actually got loose. <laughs> somebody somebody punched me in my elevator, and then I, t- I like took the guy down, and my dog bit his leg. And your fake tooth <laughs> fell out. Yeah, yeah my fake Wait, tooth so fell out. How did you lose it the first time? I got hit by a car in the third grade. What? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's a girl in Tulsa, Oklahoma that has it in her stomach right yeah, now. Yeah, right now a girl. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That's 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 rough. That's rough. So okay, so we're talking about Luke. So Luke, uh, he he when he graduated college, he invested all his money into a clothing store, went completely bankrupt, and then you were in Thailand. Yeah, so like uh, I managed to siphon off a little bit of money, like not a lot, but a little bit of money to. Like I was stressed out my mind with the stores that were going under. I had debts, debtors off, after me all over the place, uh, you know, trying to take everything that I owned. Uh, so me and Paul, we both siphed off a bit of cash and we went to Thailand with it because it's, we just thought it's cheap and sunny. We'll go there and just chill out and, uh, you know, like re, re, 
you know re-energize our batteries as you would and try and think of ideas so we were like in thailand looking at things trying to think of business ideas but like in a fun way um i was out there for seven months in the in the end so i spent i traveled for four months going all over the country i uh, went to malaysia and all over the place and then uh then i spent three months solid at tiger doing thai boxing had a couple of fights out there and wait and you had no training because i heard you you did taekwondo for two months and quit yeah yeah i was a i was a yellow tag or yellow stripe or whatever it is in taekwondo um so you're in thailand and, and how old are you I was like 20, I think. 20, 20 years 19, old, 19 20. years old. You're in Thailand. You're like, oh, I'll just take up Thai boxing as a, a joke. And then had a couple of Muay Thai fights in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was real, real good fun. Now, how did, how did, you, do, how, how did you do in those fights? Uh, I won one by knockout with a knee and I won the other one by decision. So I did pretty well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. against some fat European guy that just turned up for, for fun. And, you know, there's no big, there's no six foot six ties out there or 185 <laughs> ties so i was all right were you the tallest guy in thailand <laughs> possibly possibly yeah <laughs> that's it that's in, that's incredible so then you're like uh, then then jack mason right was like hey why don't you you were bouncing with him yeah, yeah i was a bouncer with jack and we worked at this club in chelmsford my hometown and you know he, he did it and he was like me and him like we're going back and forth on the door and I was like, listen, I know toe boxing, I'll kick your ass. And he was like, oh, da, da, da. And we had like a play fight and he beat the crap out of me. And, uh, and then he was like, why don't you come down to the gym and learn how to do this stuff? And that was it. I started and I went and did, uh, did jiu-jitsu for the first time and it, it all started from there. Right. So then, all right, now we'll fast forward a little bit. So then you became the big fish in your gym, right? Like you were like running shit in England. <laughs> and, and, like you were like the best wrestler in your gym, and right. then you end up going to Alliance, and Phil Davis beats the shit out of you. Is this is this, is this right? What happened? Or what, what? Tell me what happened there. Best best wrestler in my gym is a bit strong, but um, <laughs> I, I was probably the best wrestler in England because it's that bad out there. But no, I'm joking. It was uh, I, I like progressed pretty well, pretty quickly. Picked up a lot of tricks, like John McGuire, who was in the UFC for a while. You know, we trained together a lot, and I learned a lot from him. And then it got to the stage where I. There's some like, there's a lot of good training partners in England, but they're all lightweights, they're all midgets, they're all small people, you know. And I was the biggest guy in the gym, and I'd struggle to find training partners. Uh, and I'd come so far, I was eight and zero or whatever it was at the time. So I thought, right, I'll go out to Alliance. Uh, I'm hooked up with Bad Boy, who look after me out there. And I'd met Phil before. I actually met him in Vegas with you, and I, I spoke to him about it. And yeah, and then I went out with Phil, and we've been sparring. I've pretty much been one of his main training partners for his fight with Glover, and it is. Fucking horrible. It's horrible. So I'm really learning what wrestling is now. Like I, I thought I knew what it was, and now the feeling of, you know, a 220 pound big black man on top of you not laying you up is, uh, is definitely not fun. Wow, that's that's good. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of balls, though. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's that's a hard. Phil Davis is a national champion wrestler. You're a guy coming from no, you coming from clothing experience. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, coming from hooking up with, well, I don't know, what were you doing in Thailand? Okay, but but uh, but so now, I mean, the fact that you're over there in Alliance, even training with him, I mean, you probably got so much better, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the moment I walked in, like I I looked at Alliance and I looked at the guys that train there and people from like Dominic to Miles uh, to obviously. You know, Phil and the big guys, and it's just a place for me to be. Alexander Gustafsson was like the inspiration to go out there because he went out there after losing to Phil. And I've known Alex six, seven years, trained with him a long, long time ago. Uh, and the amount he's improved is incredible. And, and I think that's just from making that move. So, uh, you know, I uplifted my life and went out there to train with Phil. And, and it's been, yeah, it was pretty intimidating thing the first time I did it. It's Phil Davis, you know, like he, he's a, a way above me and he's in, in the top five in the world. So it was a, a tough thing to do, but... 
every session I get better every session now are you lighting Philip on the feet though I know his weakness is is, uh, is, is standing you know, I mean obviously stand up's my strong point and with Phil it's like the, all I'm trying to do but he the man's hard to hit like I, I wouldn't say I'm lighting him up I wouldn't say he's lighting me up but he, you saw it in the Glover fight is he elusive he's very elusive very hard to really to, to get up to, to touch like to hit him like that's the thing that, why is that interesting that no because like when you when I watch him fight I never really thought he was like you know he's just got this start I think it's the confidence he has in his wrestling you know you could, the agility you, like to to just move, it's so yeah. hard to hit him like so for grappling he definitely fights like he's like a wrestler no yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and he'll never lose that I don't think and, uh, yeah. one of the funniest Phil Davis things I've ever seen like I told you I was watching the national championships years ago I was with my girlfriend at the time and we're watching the NCAAs oh, yeah. and Phil Davis is wrestling in the finals and I'm like oh this, is, this guy's good you know he's up like 7 to 2 and then they cut to like you know how they have picture in picture of the box and they go we interviewed Phil before and he goes yeah you know me and my friends we just we like to get together and just sew we just like to knit we have a knitting team and that's what we like to do and then they cut out and the guy's like it was just an awkward pause, and the announcer was like, "I think he was having fun with us." <laughs> I was like, I'm "Like, he just trolled on like national TV. Who would do that? Why would he?" I was la- I asked him about it. He's like, "Yeah, I'm sick of these people asking dumb questions." What? I'm like, "Dude, like, <laughs> what a clown!" He was the same in his last fight. He beats Glover, and then he tells people to hashtag zip zap whatever you know i was i was watching it like what was that where does that come from i have no idea i haven't had a chance like where's to... the inspiration for that humor <laughs> he's a funny guy he's a really funny guy but in a different yeah he has like his own he's a little bit weird. like he's on a different planet sort yeah of, a little sort of weirdo thing. so how was your week marina um well it just started it's only tuesday how was your weekend since last tuesday oh yeah that's right well i went to my first like heavy metal like screaming mosh pit no way show on saturday who what, what band um 36 ugly fist or something or 36 death fist i forget are you two a big fan <laughs> <laughs> no because tugboat boy loves that kind of music her, her boyfriend works on a tugboat yeah all right okay and you call him tugboat but <laughs> also known as justin okay yes. <laughs> um but he likes that kind of music that's what he um Grew up on like punk rock and screaming and blah blah blah. So, you know, he always like bites one for the team for us for me and stuff. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll just get really drunk, you know, and and drive myself. But no. Afterwards, did you uh, let him pile drive you? Remember last time you said that? Remember, remember last? Oh, I told you. Oh, okay. All right, I already took one for the team. I don't need to do it again. Oh, okay, that's okay. good. That's good. That's good. All right, got you. Got and you. And in this so, mosh pit, did you did you no, judo throw anyone or did you? No, 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 no. I didn't do any of that because it was one of the most pathetic mosh pits I've ever seen in my life. There was like four people that were just like moshing each other. Constantly. Wow. Nobody else wanted anything to do with them. Hmm. A- April, right? April. Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. So uh, you want to throw something? No, at so Lucy. Okay. No, so Lucy. You. Last week, uh, me and Marina had a uh, debate on oh, what. Sometimes God. when guys have girls in like crazy sex positions, like the pile driver, uh, she says that women don't enjoy that. They're just doing it for the team. And now I said it's not that, that enjoyable. And I said that no. Sometimes women do like that. Now you being a girl, uh, I just wish it would be like. Would you like that. to answer this? The okay, pile driver. The, the, the pile, pile driver is when a guy has a girl upside down and he's having sex with her as if he's pile driving her. Uh, not yet. Oh, so me and Luke haven't done that yet. Yeah, I like that. That's yes. a good answer, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. 
She's gonna tell Good us. Good answer. She, she said, I like her. Can we give her a mic? <laughs> yeah. She's gonna tell us tomorrow after Luke pile drives her. That, that's great. Great answer. Sounds, sounds like a lot of effort. That does. A lot, a lot of effort. It does seem like a lot of effort. Okay. Uh, all right. So back to last week's fights. Uh, Al Iaquinta. I thought you were asking me about my week. Oh, go on. Go on. Go on. Okay. <laughs> I just want to know if you got pile drive. All right, okay, so he's like, eh, that's about it. Well, right. let's move on. All right, okay, so what else? Okay, you went to you went to a mosh pit. What else happened? Um, and then Sunday we I did the a charity event with Rhonda and her and her family that, that her mom set up, and it was really fun. We got, you know, there's like a couple bands that performed, and um, Rhonda just uh, all the funds went to um, what's it called? Like proceeds for health. To like for science and everything, and it was cool. Nice. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. Nice. Okay. Now yeah. I remember you hadn't seen your boyfriend in like a month. Uh, oh, the last time I was picking him up after you were picking him up, and then you said you were going to jump on him and just rip his clothes off and go crazy. Is that what happened? Really? Move on. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Oh, wow. That's move on. all right. We are moving up. I'm just trying to know about your week. I'm not. Is <laughs> it, 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 something going on here? You guys didn't break up, did you? No. Oh, damn it. I just All don't right. want to talk so, uh, about it. Damn it. When's it going to happen? It's going to happen, people. Damn uh, it. It's going to happen. You really kidding. put a lot of emphasis in your words and now you have a hole in your mouth. I, I know. I have. I know. I, I Yes, I know. <laughs> There's nothing good about having oh my God, a big hole. It's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. I need to be tortured. All right. This so, is the list. The list. List. Uh, yeah. I already have a list, but now I have it really, really bad. Which is why do you have the word S in list? And that's how fucked up is that anyway? <laughs> now, okay. So Al Iaquinta Ross Pearson, another one of your fellow uh, countrymen. Uh, I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought Pearson. We we talk, I know we all picked Pearson last week. Yeah, we did. Uh, Al won this. What did you think about this fight? Yeah. Thought Ross did real, real well in the first round. He was moving well. Um, and he just threw a lazy kick and got caught. You know, it was one of those fights. Ala Akinta, I can't say his name probably. Um, yeah, really, really talented guy. Dynamic and he just caught Ross off guard. And it was pretty upsetting for me. Obviously, like you said, one of my countrymen. And he also trains at Alliance as well. So he hasn't been there for this fight, but he trains there too. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a tough fight. I mean, I thought in the first round, he just edged the first round. It was very, very close. Do you think his um, wife's too hot? His wife is hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, his his wife but, is 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 one of the hottest girls I've who ever. Who is seen. it? She's the ring girl, Christy Jane McKeon, right? Or Christy Jane Pearson now? I think they get married. I, I, yeah, she's I, one of the. I I gotta say, I hate to like, I, you know, Ariana. No, you don't hate beautiful. to. Then you wouldn't have said it. Ariana's a beautiful Liar. girl. Okay, Brittany Palmer hates me because <laughs> I made one joke about her, and now she blocked me on Twitter. So I'm not even gonna talk about her. But these foreign ring girls are, I gotta say, they're, they're, they're picking it up. I mean, some of these Brazilian girls and Australian girls, maybe because I don't know them and that's why they're hotter. But, but, uh. I think the age of Ariani is like starting to fade. Like it's fade out. It's is that totally what it is? Totally fading out. I mean, they need happens, to move on. You think they should go lower? Oh my God. Younger? Do something good with your life. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> do something good with your life. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think Ariana? You think, but honestly, what's up with great? This one? She's really good at circling left. Like that's all. That's Team Ronda right there, though. But, but that's you, like six years, right? No, because like, right? Ronda hates her. Hates her. <laughs> <laughs> that might have something to do with it, just a little bit. I mean, honestly, though, do you think part of it also is like? No, the, she's the she fit. was she was really nice to me. We did like a signing together at the Las Vegas fight shop, and 
She was cool. I just think that, like, she's becoming bigger than what she is representing in the UFC. Like, she should really believe in her brand right now and, like, branch out. And do what? Like Meryl Streep and everything. Well, no, like, the things that she usually does. Like, modeling, like, try to sign with, like, a really good company and be the face of them. Like, have that kind of goal. Yeah. Instead of just, you know. It doesn't seem to work that well, though, for the... For what? the ring car girls? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just think she's branched out. Modeling is so hard. And it really is. Like, a lot of times, the, the girls that you think are the big models, like, are not. I mean, I've I've, I've hung out all the... Like, Wait, but that Vanessa... What's her face Hampson. name? Hampson. She's really pretty. Yeah. She's, like, really, like, super... She could be, like, the face of free people, for example. Well, I know Ariani is an actress. And, like, yeah. I, I'm an acting coach, actually. She's coach an actress? Yeah. She's actually, oh, my God, what movies has she done? She's done, like, some, like, like, uh, like short films and stuff. But I think she actually is a... She does a show on Velocity. She does on Velocity. Yeah. But, I, but, but, but I do think that the injections and the face and the Botox, yeah, that shit's got to stop. Because it's just not... I don't understand. It's just not... Natural. With all women... You it's starting to fade out again. Like that, the the age of like the natural look is it's all in. Good because it doesn't. Yeah. You ever see this girl? I see in Beverly Hills. I, I see them all the time. Their faces are pulled back and their lips look like you know they're like they're like in three D. Oh you man, know? I work in Venice. I'm in like the the homeland of botched plastic surgery. Like <laughs> you, you know, some people, some women come in and you just look at them and you're like. I could see what you were trying to go for there. <laughs> it just, it just didn't work out for you very well. Welcome to Venice, homeland of botched surgery. <laughs> they need to get us a sign that says like the Venice signs that say homeland of botched plastic surgery. It's uh, bad. Somebody please make a meme on that, please. But Marina Shapir says, "Welcome to Venice, homeland of botched plastic surgery." Please. All right. So Al Iaquinta. Meanwhile, what's crazy about Al Iaquinta is that I like Al, nice guy. Um, I like that whole that whole team, uh, the Sarah Longo, Al, um, that whole team. All those guys train over there. Uh, Ajaman Sterling trains over there. Um, bunch of guys. Uh, the even the what's that guy's name? That Chris Weidman's uh, G, uh, Gian Vellante. I like all those guys. Mitch Clark beat Al Quinta. We had Mitch Clark on the podcast. He subbed him with the, one of the greatest subs I've ever seen, and no one's ever talking about him. This this, this, this poor Canadian guy. Um, who on a show? He's two and zero in the UFC, and he beat Al second round. And Al has gotten two fights since then. He look, Al's looking like a world beater, which he is. But it, it just sucks to, to me that some of these guys that are on winning streaks in the UFC, they just for some reason aren't getting the. Is it the man? What is it? You got, you're in the UFC. Is it management? Is it how, how? How was your podcast with Mitch Clark? How did it go? Uh, Interesting guy. Is he? Yeah, like is he? Uh, <laughs> I liked him. I yeah, mean, you like everybody. Well, he's yeah. one of the. You know what? After the podcast, he he said to me, "I am the most unknown guy in the UFC, and I have to change that." Yeah. He, he lives in Edmonton. Uh, well, Canada. at least he wants to. That's the first step. Now, like all he's got to do is like go on his social media and talk to some managers. It's really easy nowadays. But I like, swear but like to God. Cyborg, Cyborg last week. <laughs> Cyborg said, they, they asked her, what advice, what, <laughs> they asked Cyborg, what advice would you give to young female fighters? And she said, don't train, just go on Instagram <laughs> and then uh, take some bikini pictures. Is that, I mean, I know she's kidding around, but is there some truth to that? No, but what she's not realizing is that it's becoming like the time where you can post all of your daily life on Instagram, but that doesn't mean you're not working hard at all. 
Rhonda is the hardest working person in my gym. And she posts on a regular basis. Does she post or does Lazy post? No, it's her. Oh, okay. It's totally her. It's all her. She edits all of her own shit. And she does it consistently. And she's still the best in the world. So I think she just does not think. I don't agree with it. Yeah, I don't okay. agree with that statement. But Luke, a guy like you, right? Uh, I mean, you were you were eight and zero. I, I think you're nine and zero. Your last fight, you won. You won the last two rounds. The first round was a little close. Mm-hmm. I watched it again. I mean, uh, it was. A, let me get this straight. It was an awful fight. It was a <laughs> terrible performance by myself, but I still won. And the reason it was a terrible performance is because that guy I fought ran away for 15 <laughs> minutes. No doubt about it. And every single major media outlet who they score the fights online, they all scored it to me. Dana gave it to me. Joe Silver gave. They all gave it to me. The other guy just ran away for 15 minutes, and he got the win. So just to square this off because okay. it gets on the nerves. Um, so they say I'm 8-1, but I'm definitely 9-0. I'm undefeated, and I'm going into my next fight. I've got a fight in 12 days or whatever it is, two weeks. And, uh, and I'm 9-0, and I beat that guy, and I'm 10-0 in UFC and a 5-0 win streak. And, you know, for me, like you're saying, to, to get your name known and to get out there and all the rest of it, Mitch Clark's 2-0. and The other guy he beat is John McGuire, my training partner. I was there in Canada. It was an awful <laughs> performance from John. He should have beat him, and I was crying that night because he lost to Mitch Clark. Um, but the Ally Aquinta fight was a very, very impressive performance from Mitch. But apart from those two moments in my life, I've never heard his name mentioned until you mentioned it just then. So Mitch needs to do something. If he, he's aware of it, he needs to do something to make people start talking about him. It doesn't matter what it was. And I disagree hugely on being fake and being the, trying to make some bullshit up. If you're, He's just a nice guy. If you're a nice guy, just be a nice guy, but be a bit more vocal about it. Like Everything I try and say and I, I speak about is off my chest and my opinion. I don't... I don't think, oh, I should do this because then people, that's false and bullshit. Remember last time you were on the podcast, you said you had more money than all of Ireland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And And you still get Irish people that still hate you to this day, right? <laughs> Wait, so what you're saying exactly is that you're just being yourself. No, no, no. I'm, yeah, no, you're, <laughs> you're not like, you're not but, looking for inspiration anywhere. You're just inspired by yourself to say these things. Well, no, you just, And that's the beauty of the sport is like you're able to do that and you're going to be successful because... Well, you, you can you could be yourself way. and all, and then get thrown out of the UFC as well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've seen guys be themselves. And, well, and then, then they weren't I, meant to be there in the first but place. I, but I've seen guys make racist comments. And they're just being themselves. <laughs> and then they're out of the UFC. So you have to be kind of careful with that, you know, that comment. Now, but uh, to, to, to the Irish people. Now, speaking of, we got to talk about Conor McGregor. I know you don't want to talk about him. I know you get asked about him all the time. Uh-huh. He is a hot button topic. And I love your opinion on it because it's funny. Talk to me about Conor McGregor. What does it bother you that this guy is is the next uh, it, coming? It, it doesn't bother me. Like this is the thing uh, about it. Like he's done an extremely good job with himself and marketing himself and doing all the things that we're talking about. But for me, like I've known the guy. He, I've known of the guy and known the guy for the last five six years. Cage Warriors when he was fighting. I've seen every single one of his fights live from back in the day, um, and he's always been the same. Uh, to an extent but he's just turned the volume up and I think that's what I meant with Mm. the same thing like be yourself be your personality but if you want to do anything in the UFC you have to turn the volume up that's all fame does is turn the volume up if you want that that's what you got to do Um, with Connor and Ireland I think you know Ireland in general as a country and this is where whatever I say is going to come off wrong and people are (laughs) going to be upset with me but in the sporting world in Ireland name me some superstars there's Uh, one I can think of Bono it's not, not in the sporting world. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> They've got a golfer named uh, Rory McIlroy, I think his name is. I mean, oh, I know, Mac- yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's Irish. Susan Boyle, isn't she? I don't know. Oh. Uh, she's, she's Scottish. Scottish. Oh, okay. But yeah, so, you know, <laughs> Ireland has, 
they've got a very very strong faithful following like they have great fans i was there in dublin for the event it was incredible um and they have no one to follow like in the sporting world conor mcgregor came came they love boxing they're big fight fans in ireland it's got huge oh, heritage yeah. and conor comes along and he's this outspoken guy and they latched onto him because they don't have like i'm from england london you go there you've got you've got football soccer you know you want to call it you've got rugby you've got all these superstars coming through you've got all the, it's there's just so many actors all the rest of it that come out of england and in general music. yeah they also have like in in boxing like there's so many like they have a following in boxing mm-hmm. but boxing politics are so fucked up that they can't really but they don't have a out- dominant star in boxing right yeah now. i know but like they would never Politics is so fucked up in boxing. You you can't unless you're Mayweather. You kind of yeah can't just say whatever you want to say. Right. So like it's kind of hard not to you know. But it, it's hard. Like these guys in the boxing world, it's hard to gravitate to somebody. All I'm saying is it's hard. It's much harder in same in America. There's so but didn't many, didn't kind of snub you one time. Yeah, he did stun me. Yeah, that's that's why I have a problem with him. I didn't have a. I thought what he was doing was great and he's entertaining all the rest of it. And he snubbed me once because of a comment I made. Uh, on Errol's podcast, he got all upset about it, and I went up to shake the guy's hand. You know, as I said, I, I know you don't like me, but you know, I just wanted to say hello because we were like walking down a narrow corridor. Yeah, my coach knows him, my friends that they all shook his hand. I went to shake his hand, and he just looked away, like didn't even acknowledge I was there. And that's when I was like, this guy, he's not, he's not, he's not just, you know, you can have a facade and you can do this and you can. I'm not, you know, I'm a middleweight. We're never going to fight. Right? Yeah, what your problem is, um, so. When he turned around and did that, I was like, oh, this guy's just a jackass. And then, and then you know, I, like I said, I've known him for years on the scene, seen what he's done to his opponents, seen how he fights. You know, I know his teammates. Cahal Pendred is a great guy. really. And there you go. Cahal Pendred is a great guy, great representative for the sport, very clean-cut guy, very nice, for, you know, great, great guy. Hey, he's cute too. And apparently he's cute. Right? <laughs> um, you know, so that I don't have a problem with Irish MMA or Irish fighters. I actually, which I brought up when I was in Ireland at Dublin, I did the uh, Amateur World Championships. I had the Mixed Martial Arts Amateur World Championships this year in Vegas. I was the coach for the British team, and Ireland didn't send a coach. They had no coach there, and there was an Irish team, and I coached them as well, so I cornered all their guys. You tell them like, to do the, like, the, the, the wrong moves to like, get out to lose? <laughs> I, did, I definitely didn't. Um, you know, I had a good rapport with them. I still speak to them now, the guys that were all in that. And then you had a three-year-old heckle you, right? And I had a three-year-old heckle me. At, so we're at the Dublin. I'm... I'm you know, I'm getting insulted left, right, and centre by the Irish for coming on your bloody podcast and, t- and telling a joke. Um, and then this three-year-old, or I don't know if he was three, he was probably more like six-year-old kid, gets up. Q and A. I'm with Forrest, Cub Swanson, and uh, Eddie Gordon, and we're all on stage. And this kid gets up. First question of the day. Oh, I got a question for Luke. I'm not going to do an Irish accent because I can't. Um, he goes, "How does it feel to be in Dublin when nobody likes you?" <laughs> And he's a, he's a six-year-old kid. And I'm just like, I'm just shaking my head. Like, I'm thinking like, well, your, dad, your dad's pretty funny. Like, your dad must have told you That and, is fucked up. Uh, we have six-year-olds listen to our podcast. We're really big in the six-year-old market in, uh, in Ireland. We're, we're, we're huge. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look. Uh, yeah, you're right. How do you think Conor? I, my whole thing with Conor McGregor is so far he's talked to talk and walked to walk, and you got nothing for respect. Now you were there, right, when he lost in a minute and a half to a guy. Yeah, he fought. Um, I struggled to remember his name, but he fought on Cage Warriors and he got taken down and submitted with a side choke in like a, you can watch it on YouTube in like a minute. Um, but that was a long time ago, and I'm not, you know. The, 
I don't run a hate train for Conor McGregor. People think I hate the guy. Like, I just don't... This is going to, again, sound terrible. <laughs> I just don't think he's a very good person. You know, yeah. I've met a lot of fighters, a lot of athletes, a lot of people in my, in my life. And when I met him, I thought, this guy's an idiot. You know, uh, I've heard other people have similar uh, run-ins with him where he doesn't know when to turn it off. Like, they, 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 like people realize this is, this is show business, this is a, a sport, it's entertainment. But at the end of the day, everyone's an athlete. You guys all work your fucking asses off. And, you know... It's nice to see when two guys win or lose. It's like they shake hands. That was my issue with Ronda and Misha. I thought maybe she should have shook her hand. No, she had enough. Uh, <laughs> I think she should have. Oh, you're tripping. Okay, I, I'm yeah. I'm tripping. Okay, so uh, <laughs> but but whereas this guy seems to turn on. Now speaking of which, uh, our first our, our next guest, which we're going to talk to, and then and then it's us. So don't don't think I'm getting away. Uh, is this guy Colby Covington, who is seven and zero. In the UFC, this guy is the next big thing. I- I'm calling it here. I-, I told Dana White three years ago, I ran into him in Vegas. I said, Chris Weidman is going to be the next champion. Uh, and he was like, and he, at that time, Chris Weidman had won one fight in the UFC. Were Some you th- holding your crystal ball and rubbing it at the same I time? Just, something about that guy. I just... I think it was after the Tom Lawler fight. Uh, I'm like, this guy did something about him. Maybe he's from Long Island. I'm from Long Island. And we both went to Hofstra. There was something about this guy that I just was like, man, this guy's going to be hard to beat. And, uh, and that's I'm just, I, I called it. I called it. Thank you. Uh, so this guy, Colby Covington, is going to be a, a fucking star. I'm telling you. You, you, you watch any of his fights? Mm-mm. You watch his fights? Nope. Uh, all right. Well, trust, trust me on this one. So let's, we're going to call Colby right now, and then we're going to get back to you guys. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this thoroughly. Okay. Well, I'm here with a uh, uh, UFC prospect. Uh, prospect from hell, man. This kid, we, were watching, we just watched your fight like two seconds ago. He's 7-0. and Okay. Uh, Colby Covington. Coming off a big win last week in Australia. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? We're doing good. We're doing really good. Uh, congratulations uh, good. on your uh, big win. How, so what's going? How does that feel? Um, it's good. You know, I mean, I, I want to be a little. You know, it was a dominating performance, but you know, I expect I expect better of myself. You know, I, I hurt my foot in the fight. I broke my fight. My foot in about the first minute throwing a kick, so that kind of slowed me down. I tried to slow the fight down a little bit, but. You know, it's a step in the right direction, and you know, I just want to keep getting better. I mean, well, you are. I mean, you're uh, you're, you're you're seven or no. I I feel like people. You're you're one of these guys. Like I was saying, only in MMA where a guy who's like undefeated, huge prospect, uh, in all the sport has less than seven hundred followers on, t- on on Twitter. Uh, you should be. <laughs> people need to know who you are. I mean, you're a two-time All-American in college. Uh, you keep fighting on Fight Pass. We got to get you on like regular television. Well, I got my last fight. It was on Fox Sports too, but my first fight was on Fight Pass. Right. Just, just so yeah. you know, guys, Luca. Just so you know, the state of of where we're at with this is Adam Hunter has has, has tipped you as the next UFC champion. This is how how highly he's rating you on your two performances that he's watched. Yeah. He thinks that you've got the got the, I mean, Adam loves a wrestler. Let's not mess around. If if you can wrestle, Adam's all <laughs> over you. But he's tipped you as as the next big thing. So yeah. you should feel very good about that. Well, yeah, he has a really big boner for you. Sure. Oh, thanks. No, that means a lot. I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the truth, man. I, I mean, you uh, now you're uh, you're over at American Top Team. So, are you just training all the time with like with like Robbie and Hector? Are, are those the guys you're uh, you're uh, sparring with? Yeah, pretty much, man. Those are my, some of my main training partners. Them and I train with uh, Tyrone Woodby a lot. He 
flew me out to St. Louis for about four weeks a while back when he got, was getting ready for Rory and always working with like Thiago Alves, Pitbull, picking his brain on stand-up type stuff. So got the best partners around. Now is is Hector? Now word is that Hector in sparring is like just crazy. It's like a it's like a real fight in sparring. Is, is that true? The guy who spars with Hector? Tell us because because we, we've had him on the show before. Talk about how he got to that epic brawl with Josh Barnett. Uh, how he knocked out Tyrek Safardine in sparring. Uh, what's it like sparring with Hector? Um. Well, for me, he respects me a lot. He knows that he, my wrestling background, he knows my pedigree, so he usually doesn't ever turn off the pace like that with me, but I have seen him go pretty crazy in sparring, and he's definitely not someone you want to piss off in sparring. Like, if you hit him too hard, he'll definitely freak out and, and uh, try and take your head off. But what is too him, hard? He goes light, you know, and he respects me. Uh, Marina? What, 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 what do you mean by punch too hard? Like, just... like. I mean, to him, you know, like if you jab him, that's too hard. He's going to freak out and try and knock you out. So most of the guys just, you know, just trying to use footwork and just, you know, not really punching too much because he definitely takes, he takes that, he doesn't take that lightly. So he's a good sparring partner as long as you don't punch him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Exactly. Wait, 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 let me get this straight. If you jab him, he gets upset and then tries to take you out? <laughs> that is uh, the craziest bullshit I've I ever heard in my life. Yeah, he's. He's definitely, you know, he's not someone you want to piss off. So let's put it that way. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, well, Tyrone Woodley, gets pissed, man. He gets pissed easily. Tyrone Woodley's a really good, uh, would be a really good training partner for you. I can, we just watched one of your fights, and you move really well. Like, your pressure's really heavy. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> now, uh, now, I was going to say, now, in college, you were a two-time All-American. You were also John Jones's roommate. Now, what was that like yep. being John Jones' roommate in college? It was good, man. I got, you know, we got real close in college. We we, were, we shared the same room together, had a bunk bed, you know, for two years. And then Joe Soto was in the other room. But, you know, John's a good dude. He, you know, he's real. He's uh, he's a real family man. And, you know, he's a good person. We had some we had some good times in college together, some funny stories. So, like, what, come on, tell us some of these funny stories. I mean, did you guys bring home chicks together and have, like, just random threesomes with girls? Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, not too crazy like that, but you know, we was we got into a lot of trouble, you know. And when you're in a small town in Iowa, a lot of kids they're farm kids, and they, they always wanted to test themselves against the wrestlers. And I was a national champ in junior college, and John was a national champ, so they would always come to pick fights at houses at like our house parties and stuff. And we would just clear out the place like a bunch of townie guys, man. I mean, especially John, he'd be throwing people through windows and stuff, like. <laughs> He was nuts, man. He he definitely he he don't he has a bad temper. When he gets mad, he gets mad. Wait, so you okay? Okay, let me okay. So you and John Jones would have these house parties. These townies would show up and try to fight you guys. Yeah. And then John would throw them through windows. Exactly. And then and then you and John it would be like you and John Jones and Joe Soto versus Iowa townies. Yeah, pretty much. Why so isn't like, this it would a be movie? Like, like me, John, and Joe, and like probably like five or six wrestlers against like twenty townies that would just show up. To the parties to try and raid the party scene. Just it would just be all out brawls. It was nuts. Roadhouse. <laughs> that, 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 I loved it. So then, so John. So you, like, now, did you, you and John were, were you were you guys like back to back fighting off townies? I mean, pretty, pretty much, man. That's pretty much what it was. I remember one time we were. He was like, I mean, it was crazy, man. It's just, it was nuts. Wait, man. no, he no, was, no. You remember a little one bit time? What happened? Crazy, what, what, what happened? That one I tried time? not to punch anybody because I didn't want to get troubled. But. What's that? You said you remember one time what happened? 
this one time we were like by the stairs and like one guy was like coming down the stairs, like jumping down the stairs on me and like and like I was like double legging and trying to like pick him up and double legging and slamming him and Sean had like three dudes like on the ground like punching like it was it was nuts, man. Like, Jesus. <laughs> they were vicious, violent attacks. I, see, I love getting guys when they come on the show that have never been on interviews before because they tell us the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I don't mind it. You know, I, I've changed my ways a lot since then. No, but that, that's that's great. So you and Je- now after you guys cleared out the townies, you guys high five and like uh, like afterwards, like, yeah, you guys have it like a beer. No, you no. Do you oh yeah, we had other? a beer right after that. We just got we got the party started, man. We got the cake. We had kegs, and, and we would just start pouring glasses of beer. Everybody, let's let and you know everybody, party on! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I love this interview so far. This is uh, awesome. Okay, so you and John Jones had crazy parties. Now, now, who do you now? Did you know back then that John Jones was was going to be something special as far as like fighting goes? No way. No, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. The, you know, the reason he got into fighting was because I was dating a girl at the time and he, he was dating her best friend and he got her pregnant and then he got into, you know, he was having some school trouble. So he went home and he was like, dang, I got to, I want to start, I got to do something. I got to start making money for the kid, you know, to, to provide for that kid. So he started fighting and then boom, you know, he had that like four fights and he, in like two or three months span and then he was in the UFC and going big, you know? Yeah. Now, how did you get into fighting? Um, you know, I just, I, I saw his success and, you know, I, I kind of wanted to follow that same lead and, and a lot of guys that I'd wrestled with in high school were doing the same thing. They were getting into MMA. So when I was in wrestling in college, I always had that dream that as soon as I was done wrestling that I wanted to go into fighting because I just think that the style fits me a little bit more, my type of style. Yeah, well, I mean, it does. I, I love that grinded out. I mean, I, I was making jokes about your fight last time being so boring that one of the ring girls got pregnant. Um, but... <laughs> What? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Which, there, which one? No, I my last fight. Your last fight. I said there was fight. so much. I said there was so much humping that one of the ring girls got pregnant. Okay. I, I, I was. <laughs> but no, but I love it. I mean, I honestly, I don't think that you've lost one round so far in your pro career. Nope, I haven't. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, so uh, now. Are, Not anytime soon either. Now, who are you calling out? Who do you, Who do you want to fight next? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to call anybody out. You know, I don't think I'm in that position yet. You know, I've only had two UFC fights. So, you know, I, you know, whoever the UFC wants to put me up against, I'm not scared of anybody, man. I train with the best guys, and I know I'm one of the best in the world right now. So, you know, when whoever they want to match me up with, man, then, then you know, when that, that, then that's, got, that's what it's got to be. I mean, now how do you do, I mean, I know you're not going to tell me, but how do you do against, like, Robbie Lawler and, and like, sparring? Is it, like, is, is it very competitive? <sighs> Um, I mean, it sucks because I don't want to talk shit on this interview because if I told you the real truth, you guys would be, I think, shocked. And you guys, I mean, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want this to get back to Robbie and him be like a little bit mad. But you know, you know, I mean, I'm a wrestler, so he can't. You know, I have a question. Uh, what are you interrupting? This is the best part of the interview. What's your question? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> He wasn't really saying anything. He was about to. You no, gotta, he you wasn't. Let the people talk. No, he oh, wasn't gonna say Jesus anything. Who, who killed JFK? Well, actually, <laughs> I have a question. Okay, all right, all right, all right go on. <laughs> go he on. This better be good. This better be good. Yes, let's hear your. I really questions. didn't think. He, were you okay? Never mind. I he take it back. Guy, continue. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're a fucking moment. You're fucking. You're the boner killer. If I have a boner for him, you you fucking just killed my boner. You're the fucking Kim Winslow of interviews. All right. Okay. So let's hear your question. This fucking million dollar question. Never mind. Just keep going. On, no, Marina, Marina Trebek. Let's hear your fucking question. Trebek. What? Because you're, you're the you're the Alex Trebek of our fucking Why podcast. Are you so mean to me. I'm not. Because he's telling us that he fucking whoops on Johnny Hendricks. I mean, then Robbie Lawler in sparring. Uh, right? Is that what you're gonna say? I was gonna ask who gets the first takedown in sparring. What? Who gets the first takedown? Like who? Like okay. Who gets the first? Oh, I mean, are you asking about? Uh, me and Robbie? Yeah, when you guys go. Oh, I mean, he's never taken me down. I mean, if there's any takedowns, it's definitely me taking him down. But, Aha, but, okay. You know. Well, there you go. No, I won't talk about it on Robbie because I do train with him a lot, and he's a good friend of mine. I've helped him out in the restaurant a lot. So, you know. Nice. All so right. Did you help him out want, when he don't was fighting Don't want to talk job. shit on anybody, you know. Right. Did you help him out a lot when he was uh, fighting Johnny Hendricks, like the first time? Were you a big part yeah. of the camp? Yeah, when I when he was getting ready for Johnny, because I'm a southpaw, you know, he they were bringing me in a lot. You know, I was, I was helping him doing a lot of rounds with him, so we got in a lot of rounds together. Sounds, sounds like a good matchup. So I think you're right there, yeah. man. I mean, look, if you if like you're beating him up and sparring like you're saying, um, <laughs> I really I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Hello. <laughs> hello. 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 No, but I think you're right there, man. It seems like you're right there. Uh, the UFC they got to do a better job marketing you. They got to they got to give you a a prime spot. You got to start like I, I know you were being a nice guy and you you know you blah blah blah. But I mean, how old are you? Thirty. Thirty. Now I'm uh, twenty six. Twenty six. All right, you got time. Right, he's my age. Yeah. So now, uh, that's, why, that's why I don't want to. That's why I don't want to talk today. You know, I just want. I'm going to be more prepared in two, two, three years. So you know, when that time comes, I'll be even more prepared than I am now. So I, you know, I don't want to be calling anybody out. You know, this isn't. You know, that's not my time. But I can tell you that in the short future, in the near future, I'm definitely going to be calling people out, and I'm definitely going to be trying to get that belt. So you're all about the timing. <laughs> yeah, it's all. It's life. is timing, right? Yep. Good yeah. for you, man. That's so, awesome. Now, do you have a, a girlfriend? You're married? What's the deal? No, no girlfriend, no marriage. I mean, it's just hard. To, especially, I live in Florida. The girls out there are crazy, man. They just, they're nuts, and I just don't want to deal with that right now. I just want to be focused 100% committing my life to fighting. So, you know, hopefully if there's a girl that comes in that can, you know, be supportive and, you know, of me, like I'll be supportive of her, then, then so be it. But it's, it's probably not going to happen with a girl in Florida. So I'm just going to stick to training. Would you ever date a girl fighter? Yeah, you know, for sure. If, if you know, if we clicked and, hmm. and you know, things worked think out. I long and hard about this one. <laughs> I don't see why not. Now, are, you, uh, are you slaying a lot of box? I mean, are you just kind of oh going through chicks God. in Florida? I know some of those girls put out and, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty hot. You got those Cuban girls. Are they coming for Hector and he can't, yeah. you know, he can't do all of them? Or are you getting any Hector's, like, leftovers? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I don't want Hector's left over. Man, he, I can't imagine what he does to his training partners. I can't man- imagine what he does to girls. So, oh Definitely my god, don't be looking for that. <laughs> no, according to Hector, is he like the Terry Crews and white chicks? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to classify. Hector's in his own classification. Now, according to Hector, nobody in the UFC can get as many chicks as he can. Uh, he came on the show and said that he is the best at picking up chicks. Nobody can hang with him. Is that true? I don't, I don't know. But I mean, I can't. I can't speak for him. But you know, Pibble does a good job. I know he's getting married, but before he 
it got tied to not me and every girl in Florida. I mean, I went out with him one time to the Hard Rock in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I every single girl just gravitated towards him. It was, like, it was crazy, man. Just like every single good-looking girl just came up to him. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. All right. That's good to know. Maybe Hector. So Hector's got some. Now you know Hector's going to try and knock out Thiago Alves. Now he's going to go crazy. Yeah, now now I'm going to have I'm going to have fucking Hector try to beat me up. <laughs> so, so far in this interview, uh, you've uh, you've called out the number one and three guys in your own team. So, so. <laughs> no, I, that's not true. That is not true. I know. He's already messing with me. I'm, I'm messing with you. Well, listen, Colby. Uh, it was an honor having you on. I I truly think that you're the next big thing in MMA. Um, where can people find you and follow you on Twitter? Uh, please follow me on Twitter at, at Colby Cub MMA and uh, Instagram Colby Covington and Facebook Colby Covington. Well, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Maria. Bye. Take it easy, bro. Take care. Bye. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, man. That was that was Colby Covington. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> Fucking guy's funny. And Marina, your timing. He's like, well, I don't want to say, but let's just say I have a question. Like, fuck. It was a good question. It was a great question. It was a lead because he wasn't going to tell you, and I just wanted to know who had a d- more he dominant. Gonna... He just said, I never get taken down by Robbie Love. Nobody takes me down. Exactly. Nobody takes me down. Exactly. Oh. What do you think about that guy? Jesus yeah, Christmas, yeah. leave me alone. Jesus Christmas. Fuck. Jesus Christmas, really? I'm just doing my job. <laughs> Marina the interrupter. That, that should be, wait, so wait, what were you I'm saying? I'm Jewish. It's true. It's true. That's you why again. you said Jesus Christmas. I just got you again. What? Okay. All right. So what, now what were you saying? Uh, he sounds like he has a pretty good setup. I mean, the guy he's training with... Uh, you know, some of the best in the world. Sounds like a pretty crazy place to be, though. Hector, Hector and Tiago pulling all those chicks all the time, or whatever's going on. Um, I'm sure he goes out with them a lot if that's yeah. what's going on. Uh, but yeah, no, he's got a good setup there, and from the look of his fights, he, he looks like he's got potential. And it, when he starts working out what you're trying to do with him in interviews, then uh, maybe he'll be a bit, bit more entertaining. Cause, uh, I think you were just trying to trick him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty good. He was just like, uh... <laughs> no, he seemed like... No, I love guys when they're just starting out. First of all, like, we're going to be the only ones interviewing him right now. I mean, there's going to be some a couple of people here and there. We're probably the biggest interview, which is cool, but I guarantee people are going to be fans of him now. Yeah. They're going to be like... And, and that... That vulnerability is what I like. The guy who doesn't know, like I don't understand. I guess the UFC doesn't teach like, or maybe they do, but uh, how to how to do podcasts, no. <laughs> right? Is there any type of training? No, right. Welcome to the UFC. Welcome. That's to, your training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is when they did the fighter forum. Were you a part of the UFC at that point? Because well, they used to do that a couple of years ago, where they bring all the fighters to Vegas. Yeah, they 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 scrapped that. They um, I missed it. Like I just joined the company and I missed it by like a month or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, but John told me about it. All the fighters come to one place and they give you a little bit of training, Twitter training, and all the rest. And of those it. guys ended up fighting more that. there. They ended up talking shit about <laughs> each other there. I, I'll never forget the fighting. Forum. You imagine the, the security that needs to be put together. Matt, Matt Mitchell was talking about Tito Ortiz as Jenna's wife, and they were all talking shit at the fighter forum they were supposed to learn about twitter training ended up talking shit about each other it was uh crazy that'd be insane did you read the latest what happened they had um surprise drug testing for tito and um when today yeah it just put it just came up on mma MMA. surprise drug testing yeah and and, uh, did they pass i don't know they did they both pass it it looked like it to me it said they both (laughs) passed oh they said pass air quotes yeah (laughs) if they passed they gave them drugs afterwards to celebrate (laughs) Um, 
So yeah, now I had a bunch of. All right, so that was. So we got to some of those. Sam Alvey, I think, is one of the funniest people. You watch his fights. So, Sam Alvey, is he, he, he's the. I have watched him fight. He fought. Didn't he? Did he fight Tom Watson? He fought last week. Yeah, he was smiling. It looked like he, he took, took like a Molly before his fight. He was, had this big smile, smiling Sam Alvey, which is like great. I, I'm, I'm going to put him in the new text chat, just a, a big, uh, big emoji. A, a big emoji, <laughs> a, a, a smiley face. Uh, Louis Smolka uh, had an amazing Shawn Michaels kick. You know Shawn Michaels, the, the wrestler, the heartbreak kick? He had mm-hmm. that crazy up kick. He, he won his fight by that. Gr- tough fight. Um, Did he stamp before? He didn't stamp before, but he's Hawaiian. And why is it that Hawaiians have the best sense of the humor. Hawaiians and Canadians, I, I said this before, they, they, and all, people from Australia, they never get offended. They never, they never care. They always want you to make fun of them. Just a great, happy bunch of people, those damn Hawaiians. I was happy for them. Because Smoka, another guy who has less than 500 followers on Twitter, not that that matters, but I'm like, you know, I'm like hopefully this will get him over five. I go, hopefully uh, Louis Smoka has so little Twitter followers that even his parents don't believe he's in the UFC. <laughs> and then he was like, thanks, man. I finally got arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, my parents don't believe I'm in the UFC. <laughs> so I was happy for him. Uh, Vic, uh, Vic Grazik lost. We had him on the show. And then he was worried he might get cut after one loss. What do you, do you think? Is that happening? Uh, I think as the UFC expands, it's happening less and less. But the fear of getting cut in the UFC is constant for every single fighter. It doesn't matter what their position is. Uh, if you have a bad performance I mean uh, Vic trained at Alliance good friends with Vic he trained with me for that fight he looked great until he made one mistake got need and that was the end of it um, but the th- I think the reason he is worried because I think he he lost he won he lost um, and his age he's quite, you know he's not a young guy so and you know he's got family he wants to, so he's you know he's just probably playing in his head like if I get cut uh, yeah, it's I, a big worry no, I, got, I hung out with Gerald Harris last week uh, who I thought was cut after one loss and he he was he still and then he left the World Series of Fighting because they signed him and he couldn't get a fight with him, and he's got he's got six kids and he's got four of his own and then two of his, through his step parents he got he's got to raise his family, but he was saying that he thinks that fighters should be able to sign like a three fight contract where they know they're going to have another fight and the fights will be better because a lot of guys are fighting to not get cut and therefore they're playing it safe they're not. Reaching their potential, I know as a comedian, if I'm if I'm doing comedy to not bomb, is a lot different than doing comedy to kill. Yeah, what's your thought on that? I mean, go, Marin, you go first. I think so. Um, I I kind of agree with that plan. That takes the pressure off, you know. So like, they kind of have an idea that like you know they're going through some kind of bracket or something, you know. And I kind I don't see. Why not? I mean, I think the only thing that would um, stump this is that it would have to go on like a lesser. Um, it would be on a fight pass or something. It wouldn't be on TV. You mean like if you lose, yeah, you get you get, you, you get caught to like MySpace or something. Or you, you just <laughs> yeah, keep, like you just keep you, going down. Yeah, like you know, you know, you're gonna have three fights, and you better make them exciting. But do you think guys would go the other way, where it becomes like communism, where less people work hard because they know they got another fight coming up anyway? It's fighting. You know, like, no one wants to lose. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think, I think a lot of people in general in the UFC are more proud to be there than than aspiring for something bigger. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm in the UFC, great, but unless you're winning the UFC and you're getting in the top ten, and you're winning a world title. Who gives a shit? You know, there's, there's, I do. I give a shit. There's a lot of people now in the <laughs> yeah, UFC. Yeah, no, they want a big pool of winners. So you know? they're looking for people that are pushing at every single fight and trying to move forward and, and win fights. And I think if you, you know. 
I believe with the UFC, it's the only sport where you can sign a contract. Like, I'm on the Ultimate Fire contract. Three-year contract is how it works. You get a three-year contract. But if I get injured or I get cut or whatever, nothing gets paid for. You know, so it's like you're, you have no, absolutely no safety net with the UFC. So you have to perform every single time you go out there. And I think if you're a guy that can rise to that and perform under that sort of pressure, you'll go far. If you're the other way and you need to, like you said, take take the pressure off and then oh, I've got three fights, you might get better fights. So I think both things would work. Um, I believe Depending. it would be better for job security. As, as I think so too. I, I, to I, I couldn't imagine every show... Every big show, like if I if I have if I have a bad set, I'm never working at that comedy club again. I've, well, I, I've had that pressure before, and it's terrible. I give you an example right now. I'm about to fight in two weeks or whatever. I just came off of a bullshit decision loss. I could get another bullshit decision loss, and I might get cut. You know, I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to get cut. I'm coming off two losses. The guy I'm fighting is nobody, so they're going to be like, oh, if you can't beat this guy, he's not going to be able to move up the ladder. So I have that pressure on me but right now. But also, it's how you lose. You know, like yeah. you can lose in the most fuck. You can get screwed by judges. You know, like you could be winning, 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 and then like you can get screwed. So, so say you lose two times excitingly, and then you win your third one. They're going to want to see more of you. But also, I think, with a guy like Vic, which I think it's, like, unfortunate. Unfortunate for Vic. Unfortunate for other fighters. Is that he's from Australia. There's how many fighters from Australia? What? 20? Maybe? Uh, there's five guys from England. There's a couple guys from China. I mean, a couple guys from Japan. They need to make those markets there. So they're probably going to... There's a less likely of them, fight, of them cutting Vic Grujic than Chris Kamozi who's from Colorado, who, I mean, so it helps, I think, when you're from those those places where you're kind of, a, like you said with Conor McGregor, you're a, a bigger fish in a small pond. It, it sucks for the guys like Chris Camozzi who gets cut. I mean, I think he lost twice in a row, or maybe three times in a row, so it, it is what it is. You know? Francis Camon's another one who went on a historic rise, and he was up in the top ten. He lost three fights and got cut, or two fights and got cut, and he, he's Canadian, so like, we've got a load of Canadian fighters. It is like... Uh, global economics or whatever you want to call it plays into it like where you're from really really does make a big difference with the UFC right now with the way they're trying to expand and if you as a fighter you don't understand that you're at a loss it's like I always talk to Tom my agent about it like people, there's guys in the UFC like Clint Hester is a good example like Clint Hester um, he was 4-0 in the UFC until he lost in, in Australia but you know he's a guy from Atlanta another American guy like what is special about Clint Hester what did the UFC need Clint you know, he was 4-0 in the UFC and they stuck him on a fight pass card against yeah. a guy making his middleweight debut. I mean, he, he right, Robert Whitaker, yeah. right? Yeah. He won the Armour Fire, but there, there was no buzz about Clint Hester, even though he knocked some guy out with a sick elbow. I don't know if you watched the fights. Yeah. He's had some great fights, great performances. Um, but so then you've got another guy who's won four fights who's from a different place. They're like all over him. Like, I'll give you a great example. A good friend of mine, Kelvin Gasolin, about to fight, fight Jack, Jake at the weekend. You know, there's such a big buzz about Kelvin because he can speak Spanish. He's Mexican heritage, and they've just been a massive UFC on in Mexico. And he's won four fights, and you know he he's an incredible athlete. But they're, they're, they're like the difference, you know. They both came off the Ultimate Fighter, both four and zero in the UFC, and obviously Kelvin won the Ultimate Fighter. But he's getting so much more publicity; people know much, so much more about him. He's making more money. All the rest of the things. It's not just on winning fights. And once you understand that, and you know yeah. that, and you can read that, and you, yeah. So as a fighter, if you're sitting there and you're Cody on the, on the line today with us, he's just another American wrestler. UFC's got a million of them. You have to make yourself different. You have to do something. You know. You think no, calling people out helps? One hundred percent. You know, but only like I said before, only if you feel like you want that fight. Dana White said to me on the Elmer Fire, "If you're going to call a fighter out, make sure you can beat him." He said, "He said, and that's all I need." If you rang me up and said, 
I want to fight so and so. Oh, why do you want to? Because I can beat. Him. That's all he wants to know. You know, he wants to see you win fights. So, if you're going to call someone out, make sure it's from the heart. And you're not just picking a name out of the midair because he's, you know, it's, it's messed up. Marina, who are you calling out? No one. Why not? Did you hear what he just said? I'm not calling anybody out. You don't have to, but... It, I'm not giving advice. I'm giving my opinion. Again, this yeah. isn't my advice. But, but, it's, my but, but you're a guy, though. I mean, look, you're a guy... You're a smart guy, okay? You're a guy... You're la- Can we talk about your last sponsorship? If you want to talk about sponsors, you can talk about sponsors. Okay, you your last fight, you got a $45,000 sponsor? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, someone gave you forty five grand yeah. to wear their logo yeah. on top of whatever you made. Yeah. And whatever you made. That's a you're that's a I don't care you have you have the right people around you if you're getting that that's me that's yeah. the right people around me I like when I because I've had a messed up management situation I was with that one guy with a new guy whatever but I, it doesn't matter if you got the thing another thing with fighters is if you've got a good management team and I'm talking about management teams going to get me in trouble again <laughs> but they they're not your boss you know what I mean you are, you are their boss you are whoever you are you're the athlete you're the one making the decisions so. I, at, at a stage when I got that sponsor, I had three managers looking for sponsors for me, and I went right. You suck. You're not using you. Not using, you. You pick the guys, and I had a sponsor from one guy, a sponsor from another guy, and a sponsor from another guy. So it wasn't just one manager going out and looking for sponsors for me. I was like headhunting with different companies, and I'm lucky enough. Like uh, it was actually my O2 fight, not the Germany fight. I got that sponsor, and. You know, I'm from England. There's, like we spoke about, there's not many UFC guys there. There's not a huge understanding in the business world from the UFC. So, you know, there's a few advantages which you can play on. And all I'm, I'm trying to say is, like, as a fighter, you are in control. You're the CEO of your business. You're in control of it. And you can't blame your manager for not getting you sponsors. It's your responsibility. It's same thing as comedy is the same way. Yeah, Stand-up comedy is the exact same way. You want to get yep. in movies or whatever. You can't just sit there and think, oh, my uh, agent. So many agents. So no, many, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with William Morris. People are like, you made it. I'm like, you made it. Uh, no, no, no. Like, William Morris, it wasn't like they came to me. It was like I did nine million fucking things for them. To, for them. And then I hustled, came to them. And then once I get there, it's only I have to work. You make your own breaks. Yeah. Uh, so many people think you get a manager or an agent, you could just sit in your fucking apartment playing PlayStation, and the phones will come in. The phone is not the way it works. Yeah. It, it's, it's not, but what it's, he's talking about, that's the business world, right? He's an yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah, he gets it. I mean, you you ran businesses before he was a fighter, so it's like you know that you have to build something. You're building your own empire. It's yeah. like when we had Hector on, and I love Hector. He's one of my favorite guests. Hector was like, I don't understand why Fox Sports Deportes is not using me, and they're and they're, <laughs> and they're using Verdum, right? He's like, this guy speaks Portuguese. I speak, and he was. I go, well, Hector, uh, do they know that you want this job? No, I, I go. Well, have you told anybody? No, I go. I go. Well, then how do they know? Well, I'm here. I'm here. Like so, he just expected that like Fox was just gonna call him, and I, I hope Hector gets the job. I think he'd be great on that job. Yeah. I mean, if Hector Lockbar speaks about fighting. I'm gonna listen. I, I just I'm gonna listen. You know, guys, the guy the guy has that credibility. You you both of you, Marina Shafir. Okay, you're a pro fighter. Okay, I think you're gonna be the world champion one day, and I'm gonna listen to you. Okay. Same with you, I'm Luke. Funny as hell, so Luke, Luke, I'm going to listen to you. I think I think you could be the champion. Now, now you told me when you when you met Chris Weidman, didn't you tell him? Oh yeah, I can't remember what I said. This is again. This was uh, we were in Vegas and it was that week, that media week when I was in the uh, amateur world championships. And I was hanging out with you and uh, we were getting drunk most of the week. And I just remember the first time I've ever met him. And I just we were in I can't remember where we were, but with loads of people. And uh, I think I was with uh, Melendez and a few people. 
and we just I just saw him and I made like some oh like stupid joke like give me a couple of years and I'll be wearing the belt or something stupid <laughs> like that but like it was like a drunken stupid comment and it wasn't and it was funny he laughed it off shook my hand said hello and it was it was just quite fun I think you can um, win the belt man but yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're you're a tough fight for anybody uh I I was watching your fights from that fight in the Ultimate Fighter mm-hmm. that you you won on the on the finale mm-hmm. to where you are now even the fight you lost. I mean, you were not taking those crazy risks of like having your hands down. You know, it was like almost like a bar fight. You know that fight I'm talking about? Oh yeah, I went for Colin Hart. And Colin I think Hart. It was like uh, the most significant strikes in a middleweight debut, like ever. I think it was like 137, 120, <laughs> and we both hit each other. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've only been doing. Well, we spoke about it. I had a yellow belt in Taekwondo, and then at 21, 19, uh, 20, 21, I started doing mixed martial arts MMA, and now I'm twenty six. So I've only been involved in the in sport, like in general, as an athlete for four, five years, six years. Um, you know, so I've not been this. I've not been this wrestler who's been doing it the rest the whole of his life. So I've had to pick things up pretty quick. Uh, and one of them, keeping my hands up, was probably the hardest thing. Oh I've my learned. god, your hands were so low. I'm like, <laughs> you're, like you're giving away the fact that you're six foot six. I I, I I never saw a fighter go. You know what? I'm six foot six, but I'm not going to jab. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone the complete other way now. And you've got some advice, and I'm working very hard. And I I work harder than I think anyone in the in the company. But I think a lot of fighters think that. But I really do work hard. I've ruined my life to come to San Diego, and I'm in the gym, you know, three times a day working on different things and um i just think where i'm at right now for me i believe i'll be world champion one day i think the team i've got around me right now like with the phil davises of the world helping me with my wrestling and i'm a six for six middleweight you know if you look at the history of the ufc and the way it's going and the trend you know if you look at all of the world champions right now they're all tall they're all long jose aldo's john jones's they're all tall long strikers that can stop takedowns you know that's really what they are um and the only one who's really breaking that is Chris Weidman. But he's 6'2". He's still a tall guy. Um, and he's using his wrestling to strike. We'll look at the Machida fight, you know. Um, and I think my style, you know, as I develop, I'm 26. You know, I'm 26 and I'm 9-0. and You know, I will be 5-0 and in the UFC in a week. It's a, it's a good place to be. Now, that one... Um, that one fight against Gilbert Smith, which was... He shot a takedown. And it was like the quintessential thing to not do. He just... Which is exactly what I would do if I was in a fight. Which is like just shoot a double leg. He has his head down, shoots a double. You catch him with a knee. It was a picture perfect knee, double right to your knee. He's laid out, mm-hmm. and then you just had your hand up like it's over. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was that was pretty damn impressive. That was probably the like the highlight of my career so far in general. I think being Gilbert and again Gilbert's. He's four and zero. He's coming back. Yeah, I he's think. coming back. I mean, Chael tweeted about him the other day. Yeah. Gilbert Smith said he dropped a world weight since that fight, uh, since the Ultimate Fire, and he's tearing it up, doing very, very well. One on RFA, I think it was last weekend. Good friend of mine again. Like we since the show, we hung out a lot, and um, I think he's great. And yeah, he made a mistake, and I capitalized, and it was probably that was like you get getting the Ultimate Fire was great. You get in. I was number one pick. I was like, this is incredible. I was the first fight. I had to drop twenty seven pounds in twenty four hours because I, you know, I, I, I thought, right, I'm in the house. I had a bit to eat. I'm a big guy. And then I, I got called out as the first fight. Fort Gilbert, who's a short, stocky wrestler, jiu-jitsu guy. You know, what people thought was my worst nightmare. Stuffed a few takedowns, got a knee, knocked him out. And I, I hate was... how they don't talk about, like, all the shit you had to do for that fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, cut that much weight. <laughs> they won't ever, like, why did he, like, say he lost. Like, why did he lose that fight? Why did he lose that fight? You know, but they would not show. Uh, yeah, 27 pounds in 24 hours. Fuck it, that. They, like... And that's that, why I quit wrestling in college. I was like losing that 15 pounds a week. How'd you do it? Ugh. And the thing is about that is... 
Yeah, how was, did you do that? It was the first, like, we, I think it was four days you're in the house, and then I was the first fight. So I knew nobody. Like, you just met everyone. So I did bar, I did bar steps myself, baths. I've got, I worked with Dolce on it, and Dolce helped me with this cut. And, like, I didn't have anyone to, like, oh, can you just make sure I don't die? You know, like, I was doing it all on myself, and it was a real, real tough cut. And I was very, like, weirdly proud about it afterwards, you know. Uh, and then when I won a... It, it, like I said, it was probably still the moment of my career, even though I've had some good good wins and some good times. But I think winning that fight uh, probably felt the best. You know? What was that fight where you, you knocked a guy down and then you celebrated and then the guy did wasn't out? <laughs> that, yeah, I did that twice. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, was, uh, that was in that's ma- just like one of those embarrassing moments in the <laughs> MMA, you know, like going into the ring and then you like you go to warm up, but like say there's some something wet and you slip and you fall. Does it happen like, to you ever? No, it happened to Jessamine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's hysterical. Uh, I, that was my Andrew Craig fight. Um, when yeah, I dropped him in the first round and like, I, I, I do like a lot of mental training and I had envisaged it a, a thousand times or a million times whatever you want to say and I caught him with the right hand clean and I was just like, it's over. And yeah, I wanted to do the whole Mark Hunt thing, like knock him off and walk off. <laughs> and we, we got a kid in our gym back home called Arnold Allen who, you know, people say, who do you think, you know, with Michael Bisbean coming, you know, down or whatever, who do you think the most talented, who do you think the best fighter is in England? It's this kid, Arnold Allen. He's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. He's 20 years old and incredible. And his pro debut, I was there, I was cornering him. He knocked this guy out of a left hook and he hits him and he just like, but like, that's it, just walks away, hands in the air, <laughs> most picturesque thing ever. And I think I was just trying to copy him. Oh my moment. God. And yeah, it was embarrassing. Pretty so before embarrassing. we get into UFC 180, which we're going to do real quick, there's only three fights in any way. Uh, what? I'm kidding. It's a bunch of fights. But who, do you, who are you fighting coming up? Um, so, uh, Roger Navarez. I want to say Navarez, but I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly. Yeah, Ro- some guy from Texas. From yeah. Texas. Yeah. And what do you know about him? Uh, I think he's a black belt, and he's tall, and he's a southpaw. That's that's all I know. I mean, I've looked into him. Obviously, he had one fight in the UFC, fought like heavyweight, fought Patrick Cummings, and got destroyed. Oh, okay. Um, he. You know, I asked for the fight in Texas. I wanted to be on that card. Uh, so I think they saw he's a local guy. He's a middleweight. He's looking for a fight. So they set me up with him. Um, great match for me. He's he's a bit, you know, urgent on the feet. I don't know what the word. Desperate on the feet. Like he, he comes forward very heavy, but doesn't really have the clean clean stand-up. Can be dangerous on the ground, I guess, you know. And um, I just think it's one of those fights that is set up for me to look fantastic. I think he's... Uh, not gonna be able to take me down. Don't, don't jinx yourself. Don't jinx yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not jinxing yourself. It's positive reinforcement. I oh, think okay. uh, it's just a great fight for me to to really move on to there that next, next level. There you are. Oh, there I am on the screen behind us. Yeah, uh, Roger Navarro. <laughs> I think that's his name. The Silverback. The silverback. Um, Six and one. One eighty-five. Uh, lost to Pat Cummings, but Pat Cummings is a great wrestler. Yeah, and it was just it was just that wrestling pressure. He got taken down and and held down and beaten up. And you know, oh, what is that? Luke is a tough guy. He's a good all. You read, you read this? Oh, I've not read. He's this. a good all-around game. A good all-around game makes him dangerous. I respect him as a fighter because he's down to take and give punishment. As good as he is, I feel there are some significant holes in his game. Uh oh. My team of coaches and I have studied his game and are preparing to exploit those holes. Mm. This should be an exciting fight for the fans. I know I am pumped. I mean, what what charismatic, <laughs> interesting interview that wow. was. You know, take 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 the word to one sec. Take take the word Luke Barnett out of the, out of the beginning. Wow. And it could be about any single fire on the planet. Um, 
<laughs> when and where did you start training? 2007. Uh, he, he was a firefighter, lost weight to that. So basically, he's a fat kid who started jujitsu. That's what that tells me. <laughs> right, okay, great. Um, like, <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> he's a guy. He's a guy. This is how I look at Roger. And I, I, and listen, I, I very candid. Again, it's my opinion. I think he's a guy who did MMA. He's like 30, 31 years old. You know, did jujitsu to lose some weight got into it, started doing MMA, started fighting, got on all right. Then he was like, oh, I've got to go. I want to be in the UFC. He took a late notice fight because the UFC were desperate to get someone for Patrick Cummings to fight. He got beat, and now he's going to fight me, get beat, and get cut. That's he went to college for eight years. No, I did go to college for like eight years. Not even... <laughs> <laughs> doctor he's a very slow, he's a slow learner i guess <laughs> just ask him like what, what like what's four plus four and then i mean one thing you got to respect about the guy and this is gonna make me sound like a bit of a sap but he's a firefighter oh, yeah, you know, that's a it's a great thing to do my well both my coaches now robbie olivier my head coach back in england's a firefighter and eric del fierro is a firefighter as well so that's pretty weird that is badass. All right, so UFC 180 coming up we got to hear predictions this is going to be tough because marina trains with jake and Luke trains with Kelvin. So uh, we are going to have the debate Ooh. on who's going to win. Uh, or, like, what's that look for? Because I'm friends with Kelvin, too. How pretty is she, by the way? Isn't oh, my beautiful? God. Stop. She, I mean, she has no makeup on. She didn't shower all day. No, and, I had, and, I had and she's, sparring today. She spars. She's beautiful. She could be uh, a model. She could be a... The, uh, the what Right? The... Um, Hand model? No. <laughs> right? Thank you. The Moldova. I'm to make her less embarrassed. She's like she's, covering her she's face. She's the Moldova model. She's uh, the the supernova from Moldova. That, that's, oh her, that, that's, that's her nickname. Although I think it should be interview blocker. <laughs> All right. So um, start at the bottom. So okay, start at the bottom. Now we're here. All right. So uh, uh, Jessica I versus Leslie Smith. That's I think Leslie's gonna fuck her up. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because longer. And her ground game is really good. And she's not afraid to stang, stand and bang in there. And Jessica isn't either, but she just doesn't have the reach. She just doesn't have the reach. Like, I don't know. If, Are I you saying it's because she did so well against Jessamine? Mm. <laughs> no comment. Okay. Because it just seems like, look. I No, I'm just saying that, like, I know that I've seen – Jessica fight live. When you're there live at a fight, it's different than when you see it on TV. And Jessica is really aggressive. I was impressed by her striking, but Leslie is going to counter her distance. She looked She's great longer. against. I'll give her that. She looked great against Jessamine Duke, who broke her hand in that fight. Right? right. She broke her hand right within the first three seconds. Yeah. And how how hard is this fight with a broken hand? It's pretty fuck. Your body goes like on shutdown. Everybody reacts different to broken things, but. Some people just, they shut down. Have you ever fought with a broken hand? Nope. Nope. Good. All right. Now, against, yeah, against Sarah Kaufman, who Jessica has a win. Three inches. Jessica has long. a win against Kaufman. Leslie has two losses against Kaufman. Now, that's MMA math. You can't do that. Okay. But Jessica, I, uh, even her two losses, I would say, um, she, who, who'd she lose to? She lost, I, I thought she beat the girl Alexis Davis. 
I mean, it was a very, very close fight. It was a very close fight. She calls into our show all the time, and she's pretty cute. Uh, so therefore, Jessica? <laughs> Jessica. She is. She's, so, she's pretty. <laughs> she's a hot chick, and I like her. She's super cool. She actually came on our show one time, and she was like, "No guy from Cleveland's gonna have sex with me." And I was like, uh, "I was like, so you're horny?" And she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "And you're single?" She's like, "Yeah." So then I put like on the thing, Jessica is 100% horny and single as the thread title, and she said she got thousands of dick pics. <laughs> she's like, "Please stop sending me dick pics." Oh my god. So, uh, but she's she calls it all the time. She's cool as shit, Jessica I. Uh, I, I like her. I, I don't know Alexis Davis, so I'm rooting for Jessica I. Uh, that being said, that's not exactly how you should. I'm not really her. rooting for anybody in the fight. I just think that Leslie's gonna win. All right. Okay. I if I think we're just I talking think, about predictions. I think I is gonna win. Okay. Based on uh, she's a friend of the show. All right. So uh, <laughs> Dennis Bermudez versus Ricardo Lamas. Uh, this should be a, I think fight of the night. Both these guys can can throw down. Uh, Bermudez is on a seven-fight winning streak. I think Lamas' only loss as of late was to... Uh, who did he lose to? He lost to uh, Ricardo. The champ, right. The champ, yeah, yeah. Aldo. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know this fight was on the card. It's like a sick fight. That's a crazy fight. Yeah. Yeah, both these guys... I think. I mean, I, I think Bermudez... I was at the fight when he lost in the Ultimate Fighter finale, which... Um, Against uh, Brendau. Look at look at there. Look, at, it's just crazy. The Ultimate Fighter. I think because a lot of times you live in a house, and a lot of times people's reputations end up getting the best of them. I know that you you lived in this house, right? A lot of times it's not the best as far as sparring and training. You you coached, and it's amazing to see how sometimes even guys who win, like Colton Smith, no longer in the UFC, um, versus other guys like Miles Jury, who never won, who's now in the top. Really in the top five, or Fine, Donald Cerrone, yeah. Don, you know other guys out there. So Bermudez has really done a lot better since leaving the house. I think he wins this fight. I, th- I think Dennis Bermudez is an absolute beast. Fantastic to watch fight as well, and I can't believe he's, he's like so said, exciting. He's on a seven fight win streak. I think he's had seven bonuses or something. Not yeah. seven, but he's had a lot. Um, I think Ricardo Lamas is probably the more. I don't know how you put it. Like he's probably going to be the favorite in the fight, and he's probably the more strategic of the two. But Dennis Bermudez is it just comes like a whirlwind, and is an absolute monster. I think. I didn't even know that fight was happening. So, Why aren't like, you an, a- an analyst for, for fucking Fox? Well, or, I should be. I, you, you should know, be, right? Is, totally should be. He's really good. He's looking yeah. at DJ too, like, boom. Get him done. a job. <laughs> Get him a job somewhere. And um, Yeah, I didn't know that fight was on. I think the winner of this fight, uh, a good fight with that, would be Wilson Hayes, who just fought uh, and, and won with that body kick to a, to a submission. Those two would match up well as well. I think I didn't even know that was happening, but move on to the next. I think when British guys talk about fighting, it takes away some of the... Uh, barbaricness of it, and then you're like, oh wow! It's, it seems I think that's why Dan Hardy does it so well. <laughs> when, when when Southern British people talk about fighting, Southern, it's all about this. this is what I'm saying. We got which way? Which all right, like put down Northern British people so that they can get mad at you too. <laughs> that's, well, I said this before once, and my coach was like, oh, now half the country hates you. But I don't mean that. I, all I'm saying is like the, the representation of England, like is that you've got like the Southern and the North. It's very big over there. And uh, you, when you have like Ross Pearson talking about fighting, you think it takes away the harshness. The guy from Sunderland. That's a good point. Yeah, but then you have this eloquent young Englishman. Then it, it where's Ricky Hatton from? Uh, he's from Manchester or oh, from up north. I don't know exactly where. I don't want. That's to kind of. It's kind of rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same si- similar. Right, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you yeah. look like you can kick some ass. No offense, you look like you. Uh... I'm, I'm a Southern fairies into some northern rough. So that's, that's what they say. Now, how did he pick you up, by the way? 
Yeah. Online yeah, dating? We met online, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a whiz online. Trust no me. Way. Don't tell. <laughs> you're a You're a whiz. Wow. That, that's wow. crazy. Good for you. What right? is your I, dating device or app of choice? Oh, uh, this has been a long time ago now, but um, we met on Plenty of Fish, so the, the free one. <laughs> I don't pay money for it. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I, and, um, and we're getting married now, so we're actually getting married in August. So. We're a success I went on plenty of fish. Plenty I found fish. plenty of whales. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't find plenty of fish. A couple crabs too. All right. Now, um, any sharks? No sharks. <laughs> All right. So now, uh, Jake Ellenberger, who uh, you've skipped about a million fights. I just uh, yeah, okay. Out. All right. Let's go back. I don't, yeah. I don't know these guys. Right, right, All right. We've got the armor fighter finale going on. Now, right? have, have you watched it this season? I've watched bits and bobs. All right. So then you, you're the most informed guy. Give us your opinion. Well, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, I was in the middle of a sentence. I have no idea Whoa. against uh, Perez, but uh, Teco or Jose has been training at Alliance for the fight, um, and the guy is something special. Like on the feet, very very technical. He's been sparring with you know like Mike Chandler and all the other guys, Dominic Cruz, all those guys getting great training. And it's definitely that's going to be the whole season was explosive. All the fights were exciting. People were going at each other. They're much more of a stand up, you know sort of uh, nation so it was be- oh, that that fight will be exciting for sure and I'm rooting for Teco because obviously I train with him and, and he's cool um, real, real, going to be real cool for Mexico that guy that's why I base my comedy on Mexican boxers just thousands of punches uh, <laughs> n- not necessarily the hardest but, 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 but just, just keep throwing man. keep throwing now who's the guy that won with the up kick was that him I don't think so that was a, there was an up kick this season that, uh, to a knockout that was like insane. I don't know. I don't you know. Watched I watched. I watched the highlight of it. I think someone put like the, the the gif of it. I'm sure someone will tweet us in last night. Yes, of course. People tweet me all the time. By the way, he's at 185, not not 170. And like they they if ever I get anything wrong, oh he's not a 35. He's a 45 pounder. Uh, back in 1989, Tito Ortiz. Uh, I'm just like, okay, dude. I get it. I'm sorry. I I've, I've left my apartment this year. Okay, you win. All right, you win. Jesus. People go, you know, you, you know, someone said to me, you're going to get fired like Mike Goldberg if you get a stat wrong. Mike Goldberg got fired because he, he said, he said, told some guy to blow him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you heard about that, right? Yeah. Mike Goldberg was a football analyst. And you know what? It was his first day ever. He had done like Arizona college football. And he's a pretty good, yeah, he did a pretty good job. He got thrown into the NFL. Hard for anybody. It's not the kind of thing. But of course, because he's Mike Goldberg and some MMA media loves to watch people fail for some odd fucking reason, they, and he, he made like five mistakes and people were all over him. I'm like, okay, he made a couple mistakes. He's not a fucking – so then they're, then they're like tweeting him like, hey, Mike Goldberg, you suck. Mike Goldberg – and he goes – Grab a head. He goes. Grab a headset or blow me, dick. And then he goes. And then he goes. Like I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. Like he was taking like rap lyrics. Like a boss. He got fired like a fucking boss. Like immediately got fucking terminated. Right? They were like, this guy is done. Which, which is funny because Dana White. It's not the UFC where Dana White can go, hey, blow me, go watch the Notebook. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you can't do that in the NFL. <laughs> but. uh you know, I felt kind of bad for the guy because it was a huge <laughs> job for him. <laughs> Grab a headset or blow me dick. <laughs> like, which sounds like just, just, to, just to be honest, you can't be an analyst on Fox and then attack your fans or attack the fans. Period. Yeah. Right? Even if, if even if it was just UFC and they were attacking him for that, 
You can't do that. I don't even do right. it. You I don't, don't do it. I don't even yeah. do it. And I have a podcast where I roast people. And people hit me up all the time. Oh, people lay into you on Twitter. Twitter. And I never, ever, yeah. I never respond. Because first of all, I'm like, what's the point? I'm, I don't really want you getting attention. And two, I don't want that coming back to me. Yeah. Fuck, this guy <laughs> has like, he had the, he, he won. He won. And it's a great example of why, of what not to do. Uh, I mean, look. I guarantee by the third week he would have settled into it. The fourth week, yeah. it's a fucking people go to college for that. It's a, it's, a, it's a profession. It's not like you could just, you know, okay, next week just and you could take a random guy and have him put him in front of a, do a NFL football game. It's a lot of stuff. Goldberg has a lot of I information. I reckon I can do it. And I know I know nothing about American football. But I, I just make shit up. I'm fun. sure you. I'm sure it'd be hilarious. <laughs> it was funny when Dennis Miller did it for one game, and they were like, "Get him out of there." <laughs> But you, you, you can't say grab a headset or blow me dick. You can't. I mean, I don't know. But it was funny that he did it. Really funny. But Jesus Christ. Blow me dick. Are we going to keep talking about these dudes or are we going uh, to Let's first, get to the meat. Yeah, we're gonna, Let's we're, get to the all right, state. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake Allenberger, Kelvin Gastelum, Jake. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going for Jake. I love Jake. He's one of my best friends. I like Kelvin a lot. That being said, Kelvin is a great dude. And uh, I hope it ends in a draw. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like both these guys, I, I, but Jake's my brother, so I, I want Jake to win. But I, I, I want Jake to win, but I don't want Kelvin to lose. I, I guess if you could sort of say it that way. I, I like Kelvin a lot. Thoughts? I'm Jake, too. I've been seeing him progress, like his progress in the gym, and he's looking solid, like very tight game plan, and I'm voting for him. Now, what do you say to the people that are like saying that Edmund – his game plans haven't been working that well because there, there have been some detractors. Well, no, it's not, it's not that his game plans haven't been working well. It's about sticking to it. You know, like, um, that's, he's getting fighters that are coming from different gyms, different mindsets. Like he, his job as a coach is to reprogram. So it's not his fault that like sometimes in the fight when it, when you need to just stick to it, you don't, you abandon ship. So it's not necessarily his fault, you know, and uh, that's what I say to that. Okay, I'll pick up on that point. And that's like this. Yeah, obviously, we talk about you know you you vote for who's going to win on who's a fan of the show or whatever. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm, I'm obvi- I've been living with Kelvin for the last ten weeks or whatever. So I'm obviously pulling for Kelvin. I want the guy to win. I think he, you know both of these guys are incredible, and they could beat a lot of guys in the UFC. So ha- ha- putting that to one side, Jake is. Is the more experienced guy. He's the better athlete. He's the more established guy. He's lost in a lot. I don't know how many fights, but he's lost of the two best welterweights. Well, two of the best welterweights in the division who's lost his recently. Um, but I think that's what it is. I think if Jake can go out there and stick to a game plan, be confident in his skills, and go out there and give it to Kelvin from the offset, then he, I think he'll beat Kelvin. If he can't, which is what he's had struggled with in his previous fights, you know, a bit of confidence and coming off a few fights and he's on a bit of a slide, which is what, when people go on a slide and they start losing, they go into those fights and they don't want to try new things. They don't want yeah. it. They're, 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 they're stuck in a mindset. Look if, at, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. But oh, yeah. like, look, perfect example, TJ Dillashaw. He just believes in what he's been taught, you know, and he does it over and over and over and over again. You see the repetition in his striking and like that is a thorough game plan right there. That's exactly, you know, it's all about believing well, I mean, look, what you've been taught. Like, I'm not there at uh, Glendale Fighting Club. I know that Jake has been to Team Quest. He's been to Rain. He's been to uh, King's MMA. He's been to uh, Pat Militis' gym. Uh, he's been, you know, all over the world training. And he swears by this guy, Edmund. So 
I got to trust him, you know. And he 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 swears by him. Travis Brown uh, went from Jackson's and is now saying he's now learning how to fight in Edmonds gym. Uh, Ronda Rousey is obviously looks like she's she's making girls look stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's really in there making girls look now. Some people credit Ronda's mother for for that, that as a big example, and for Gokor. I mean that, and that's a huge thing. I mean. Without Rhonda's mother waking her up with arm bars, I, I don't know what kind of training that is. She has probably one of the dur- most durable, like, foundations. I've never heard of a mother, a kid sleeping, a mother waking the kid up with arm bars and go, always be ready. You know, like that's, <laughs> I, and I don't think you can get that kind of training anywhere. I, 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 I don't know a, a coach that's willing to go to your house and wake you up with arm bars. Every but, time know. I hang out at her house, um, I'm just like on the computer. I'm just like sitting down. She'll try to sneak up behind me and like throw a choke on me, and I'm already like, <laughs> she's like, always be ready, and you are. No, she walks me, away. Like, to me, I took a picture with her. She had my arm and some kind of. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, like, she's, she's like this shit. little like woman who. Have just you goes ever met Rhonda's mother? Choking people. No, I haven't. No, yeah, no. no, she's probably one of the most entertaining people. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, look, she. I think that set the foundation for Rhonda, and uh, and I think that. Uh, so look, I want to believe in Edmund. I do, and I, 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 I like Edmund's team. I like you, and uh, I like Jake, and, uh, and Rhonda. I, I don't really know Rhonda well, but I seem to like her. Uh, I, I, like, I, like more than, I like you better, because I know you better. Uh, but, um, so, you know, I want to believe. I, I just, I get nervous. I'm not gonna, I just get nervous when I see... You just gotta believe. When I see Jessamine Duke going out there, when I see Manny Gambarian fucking becoming, trying to be, you know... Roy Jones Jr., you know, and I'm like, use your fucking judo. We, we had this conversation. I get nervous. Okay, that being said, hopefully Jake comes out there. And, and, and comparing Jake Annabella to Manny Gamburian is a bit of a... Yeah, Jake's a very well-versatile, very good athlete everywhere. He had good stand-up before he went there. I don't know, like, but he's had good stand-up. He's knocked people out. You know, he, he's dangerous on the feet. So he's just tweaking it. And like you said about Travis, sometimes you just find that coach. You meet that guy and you find that guy and everything clicks. Transferring that from the gym to an octagon is is the trick. That's like that's what makes martial arts. I've trained all over the world as well, and I've met some guys in the gym that destroy me, absolutely destroy me. I'd beat him in any fight ever because they don't. They they you have it's a mental battle. Fighting is a mental battle. When you get in the octagon, it's a mental battle. It's not a physical one. It doesn't matter how hard you've worked in the gym. It doesn't matter if you can't bring it with you mentally. And that's what my faith in Kelvin is is mentally that guy brings it he, that kid brings it to every single fight that guy is uh, 10 and 0 I think he is and he's had 10 fights and all, every single fight he's had he's come in and brought it in the gym he does not bring it every day you know he just turns up he has fun he enjoys his life but when he turns up the fight he will switch it how's on. his weight because I know he gets up to Fantastic. 425 pounds I've been I've, yeah, I've been with Kel, like this is a big topic I, I retweeted today I've been with Kelvin like I said every single week for like you know we've been dying together all the rest of it I'm underweight than what I normally am because I've been bloody dieting with that guy. Really? He's, he's in very good shape, very good weight. He'll, you know, I, I said to him, send a message to the UFC, send a message to the UFC fans, make 170, not 171, make 170 and say, listen, I can make this weight class easy, do it well, look good, and then you'll move forward. Because if he doesn't make weight, it doesn't matter if he beats Jake Allenberger in the first round by knockout, the UFC are going to be pissed. Um, but yeah, I think for the fight... I believe in Kelvin. I believe he can win. I've seen him in training. I've seen him train with great guys and look fantastic. I've seen him turn up lazy some days and not look fantastic. But when he fights, he fights. And if Jake has any, I want to call them like mental skeletons, you know, like in the back of his head and, and, and falters at any point, Kelvin will run through him. If Jake comes out like the Jake Allenberger of old, he could run through Kelvin. That's what makes the fight for me yeah. so good. 
I can't wait for this fight. Uh, Why isn't he using Dolce anymore? Uh, this is a real big misconception as well. Like with Dolce. I'm just asking yeah, because yeah, yeah. like I I know Dolce and like because he helped Ronda. And yeah, yeah. I'm so like baffled with what's going on. Like because they went back and forth. Like I I was a bit baffled as well because I I yeah I'm good friends with Dolce. I'm good friends with Kelvin. They're good friends together, and I think. He said a flippant comment or something that got picked up on. And then he was texting Dolce, like, oh, we'll work together. Or, you know, there was a payment issue and all this sort of stuff. He goes, I'll pay you. There's no problem. I really want to work with you. But Dolce, as you know, working, he's the busiest man on the planet. Oh, yeah. And, like, I think Kelvin just sort of got – Kelvin, again, like, talking about you being the CEO of your business, he sort of lost sight of that. and was like, oh, Dolce will just contact me and, and I'll be – like, I've told him I want to use him for my fight. And, he just, and I was like, oh, you spoke to Dolce. Ah, uh, you're, like, six weeks – I was like – no, you have to be. He, it's you like have to somebody, be on him. Yeah, it's somebody you don't want to be on because it's nutrition and who wants to diet, but you have to be on him. Is he $1,000 a day like BJ Penn says? Uh, I, every athlete's different. You know, with Dol- the way Dolce approaches it is every athlete's different because he's not going to give Kelvin the BJ Penn treatment. He's not going to fly out there, live with him, and cook his food every single day. You know, Kelvin was going to be slightly different. Ronda's probably different as well. So I think. You have to ask Dolce that question. I think every athlete he works with, he works with differently. Like, he worked with me for my campaign in Las Vegas. He did everything for free because he was like, you know, like you, Luke, you're a good guy. I think you're a prospect. I cut away at his house. He cooked me food. You know, he was, he was the coolest guy ever. Um, you know, and then if I wanted to use him for other fights, there was a certain charge. It's like a Coke stuff. dealer. He gives the first one free and gets you, <laughs> gets you hooked. And then... Uh... Oh, oh, I don't want to advertise that. But yeah, but no, so Kelvin's not using him, uh, I don't believe, this time just because... Listen, I love Kelvin. Like, a, like I would call him my Mexican brother. He is not the most organized, well put together individual in the world. Is that so? Yeah. So um, he he lost sight of the the Dolce thing, but it turns out to make what he's going to make the weight fine. Uh, Kelvin's so funny. I asked Kelvin, I'm like, hey man, can you retweet my MMA roast video? He goes, only if you roast me. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a good guy. It's like he's such like he's like a kid. I hung out with him, and, him and his friends. Child. Uh, in Vegas, his friends, I feel like I was hanging out with my high school friends. It was like they were still in high school. These like short, fat Mexican dudes, like, Kelvin! Where they're all dancing around them. I was like, what is this? is not it. This is not, it was unbelievable. It was so funny. Such good guys, too. But they're like, they're like Kelvin if he never did MMA. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> we were in San Diego a couple of weeks ago. I know exactly who you mean. Uh, all right. So finally, the Mark Hunt Verdum fight. Super Samoan versus Verdum. Who wins this fight and why? Marina, you go first. I'm going Hunt Crazy Knockout. Really? Yeah. What round? Uh, second. Second round. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, DJ? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. If you don't submit Hunt in the first round, you're not going to submit him. You look at the, the stats, he doesn't get submitted in the later rounds. He's fucking... He, he's short, he's stubby. Like, you're not going to get a hold of his, his limbs. You know, and then you, when you sweat, yeah. Luke? I'm going to... Keep it short and sweet because I spoke a lot. Um, no, you didn't. It Mark Hunt fun. is going to knock this guy out. I'm going for Mark Hunt. I, the guy's amazing. I just, yeah, I love everything about him. Uh, I'm going for Doom. I'm going to break. Boring. I, I know, <laughs> and, and I think it's going to be boring. Okay. Uh, I do. I think that I think that Verdum is just. I don't know. He's not. I don't think he's dumb enough to get into a, a slugging match with Mark Hunt. I think you look at the guys that Hunt's knocked out are the guy. You know, Roy Nelson. He's just going to go punch for punch with you. Uh, Stefan Struve, another guy who's seven foot two, does not use his height for some reason. Um, uh, Tertiary, I mean, let's not even go there. But who else? Uh, as Hunt, he, he knocks guys out that are willing to trade with him. 
I think Verdum Verdum's a bright guy. I mean, he he's a real smart guy. He's not. He's an analyst. He's a coach. He's 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 not too proud to get into a fight where he's just going to start throwing punches. Look at him, Overeem. I mean, he lost the Overeem fight, but he he wanted to take it to the ground. And I think that he's not going to. I think he's. Gonna, I don't know. I think he's going to win a boring decision. Or he's going to reach for a takedown and get knocked out. We'll see. Really? We'll see. We'll see what happens. You're going to overcommit, worry, be scared of the power. You look know, at like Travis said. Brown. He did Travis Brown. He, he yeah. made Brown look pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't put him away. Hmm. We'll All see. right. I will see. Plus, Hunt's had to lose 800 pounds this fight. I mean, <laughs> he, I don't know. I, Hunt is such a tricky fighter. He's so he's not elusive, but he he has this crazy pressure, and like it's so hard to swing on him because he's got like when he fights, he like puts his shoulders up, and it's so fucking hard to hit him. Who do I want to win, Mark Hunt? I Mark Hunt because he's in front of no, me. No, I thought because <laughs> he's funny. He's a funny. He'd be a funny champion. He, I mean, he's crazy. like a, he's like a little. Uh, I mean, cult hero. He's hilarious. I, mean, I he's think he'll bring guy. the heat, knowing that like it's for an interim, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'll totally bring the heat. For sure. Like, you're going to see an exciting, like, old-school Mark Hunt fighter. I hope so. I mean, you ever see that one fight where he, he jumped on the guy and put his butt in the guy's face? Like, he, it, it, you ever see that, that, that movie did? Will you, will you bring that up, please? Go Mark Hunt, ass, takedown. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going to close the show with this. Uh, but this has been a fun show. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. I, I, I love having you guys on. I'm not just saying that, too. Mark Hunt, Says ass, takedown. Yes, take that. I don't. I don't. There are some weekends I'm like, was that even funny? Mark Hunt, uh, YouTube. Mark Hunt. Ray uh, Steffo? Mark Hunt, but. Uh, no, Mark Hunt, but. Uh, no, that's not. Just. Atomic butt. Drop atomic up. butt drop, yeah. On Mandalay Silver. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty epic. What? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, how could you not love that guy? Fuck. <laughs> He's awesome. Hawaiian stomp. <laughs> like, Call it that. Like, the Hawaiian stomp. Dude, that's a WWE. Like, what is? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Like, how do you even learn that? He didn't. He didn't. You learned how like wrestling like your little brother you know, on, on the bed. <laughs> I think he was trying to do the people's elbow. That's what <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, where can people find you coming up? What, what do you have coming up? Uh, I don't have anything coming up, but you can follow me on Score. And I'd like to thank Pain Away today because I woke up with a stiff back and I rolled some Pain Away on and I went and ran three miles. Nice. No problem. Good for you. Yeah. Luke, where can we find you? Uh, I'm going to give a quick shout first. Sure. Um, there's a lot of MMA going on this weekend. So um, my, my friends back home are all fighting. We've got uh, Sean Carter fighting on Cage Warriors. Arnold Allen, that kid I was telling you about who's... Honestly, the most talented, explosive little kid you've ever seen in your life. So he's an ex-champion, UFC uh, champion. One hundred percent. In my in my mind, he, you know, he's a little kid still. So that's, but you know, he, he's he's going places for sure. He's fighting on Cage Royce as well. John the One Maguire, we've been speaking about a lot. He's fighting this weekend uh, on Cage Royce as well. They're all on the same show. Uh, it's some show in London they've got. I'm sure you can watch it online somewhere. Um, and then the guys from Alliance, Michael Chandler is going to get his belt back this weekend on that show that we don't name. And you can name it. I know, I'm joking, yeah. I'm joking. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, uh, my Mexican brother, Kelvin Gaston, is going to smash Jake Ellenberger. <laughs> I might get stabbed for saying that, but yeah, it's going to be good. So uh, you can find me at, at Luke Barnett on Twitter. I'm on Score2, I'm on Instagram, I'm everywhere. So uh, nice. yeah, just look out for us. All right, and uh, Adam Comedian or at MMA Roasted, this Friday night I'm headlining the Hollywood Improv, 8 o'clock. 
Hopefully, Marina will be there. I'm working. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get out early. 8 o'clock. You and the... The, uh, the boyfriend. And the boyfriend. The that boyfriend. You guys have problems, though, right? <laughs> no. All right. So, 8 o'clock. Uh, uh, Hollywood Improv. If you uh, tweet me, I'll get you in for free. Should be a lot of fun. Me and Steve Hofstetter are going to be there. I love Steve Hofstetter. Old roommate of mine. Good friend. He hosts a show called Laughs on, uh, on, on I don't know, Fox Syndicate, I think it is. Um, yeah, so, uh, and good luck to Jake Ellenberger, our co-host. Bring it back, man. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do this. Sorry, Kelvin. I love you, buddy, but you, you, don't, you don't co-host the show. All right, so, um, <laughs> so thank you guys so much, and uh, thanks for listening, and thank you to uh, Lucy, Lucy uh, <laughs> who is Luke's beautiful fiance. He did way better than I thought he was going to do. Honestly, I thought, uh, yeah. I'm a charming guy. Why do you think I'm not going to do that? Charming guy. And uh, thank you to DJ Trope. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you, Fox Sports. Take care. Bye-bye.